Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Thought we'd never make it. But we did. Just barely. I sent John out for a last-minute uh, ride to pick up some supplies and wasn't sure if he was even going to make it back. Should have stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> Needed a camera so that we can document our uh, final show of the year, right? Yes. Can't do that. Last year, last show, man. Can't have a show without some pictures. Not that I'm ever going to put them in the gallery, but I thought oh, your ugly face. Oh, we should take them anyway, right? <laughs> Welcome to the very last Brewing Network show of 2005, folks. When we come back, we'll be a whole new station, which really just means that it's a new year, and, and I will have taken a shower. It's probably going to be the main difference. Maybe not, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how busy I am over the break. We got a full studio today and uh, lots of good things going for you, so we're going to have to get right to it here. Uh, of course, I tell you that each week and then ramble on for the next half an hour, which is pretty much what's going to happen half an today. Hour. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> there's going to be some waffling on today, and I'm going to do it particularly for uh, my friend in Australia, Graham Sanders, who's going to be doing... Uh, his Australian homebrew show, which has been going on for much longer than ours has, I announced to you guys last week we're going to be broadcasting it on our station. He's been sending me emails. I told you guys about it that I waffle on for hours and hours. He said, "Man, you Yanks can waffle." <laughs> you so uh, uh, I'm not doing it just to stab at the guy because uh, I would have done it anyway. I'm just dedicating today's waffling to to Graham. So there you go, buddy. We'll be doing that for you. But I just got a lot of things to talk about in in way of thanking people today. Um, in talking about things that are going to happen in the new year and in discussing these, you, you know, since it's kind of Doc's show being the gadget show today. It's my show. You can be sure he's going to talk way more than he's supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he I'm can saying? Ramble on and, too. and questions will get over answered. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll try to uh, keep a finger on the mute button. Did you get Dallas. the pictures up on the site? I did. The gallery's up. Okay. So, uh, and we have the same pictures up. In here. So. In the studio. Yeah. So since today is the gadget show, Doc has been kind enough to take pictures of the gadgets that we're reviewing today, and I posted them on our gallery page, the, the main gallery page. You can go click there and uh, click on the, the gadget album, 
and you'll find all the coinciding pictures of what we're discussing. Doc's got the names of them, too, so he'll tell you what we're looking at, and each of them is titled on the gallery page there. So we'll all be looking at the same thing as Doc is describing it to you. I like his background, that, that blanket you use there, Doc. Yeah, Doc's well, pictures. He didn't just do it like on the cement floor. He's uh he went, got, he went to Olin Mills and uh, yeah, just like <laughs> had his family portraits taken and decided that you know maybe you guys could take my gadget picture. Yeah, get here. some that classic lighting in there. You know, <laughs> Two directional lighting. That, that uh, pump of yours has a lot of PBW on it. Nice that, pump. That, that thing lives in PBW. It just sits in the bucket in a bucket of PBW and it's been doing that forever. And wow. it just runs and runs and runs. So I, I gave up trying to clean it. So Doc's pump is big. <laughs> you can see it in the it gallery lives if in you PBW. want. It's black too. <laughs> it's big and it's black. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Doc? <laughs> also in the studio with us today, we got Crazy Jack for the first time. He's going to be on the airwaves today. Hi, He's uh, he brought us candy. Hi, Jack. Oh. There he is. Back there. <laughs> and uh, glad to have him. Jack looks like Santa Claus, as uh, Daniela pointed out. Yeah. I was hoping he he'd have his so red does. suit on. Well, I got my red shirt on. He's got his and he told me that his wife looked like Mrs. Claus, too. Is that right? And they make candy in Christmas time. Yeah, Go he figure. Brought, he brought over homemade candy today and everything. I was, I was looking for a sack of toys. <laughs> but, uh, no, we always have to do that. No sack of toys. I don't know why, why that is. Oh, oh, oh. Tell you what, I took some abuse today during the blues show, so I got a feeling that the, uh, the chat room there is going to be a little rowdy today also. What kind of abuse? You were there, you I, jerk. I, I, you know. <laughs> just, uh, I, it wasn't as if everyone was angry today, because our listeners are never really angry. Uh, you know, they just tell us when, when we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, and man, did they tell me today. <laughs> I mean, they were having a field day. Not just with the gay jokes, you know, yeah. and telling me I'm a sissy boy and all that kind of stuff, but just... Uh, and one guy asked me if I downloaded, um, I think it was Code. Code, right and fool. Um, I'm sorry if I get that. Sometimes I, I, here's the thing. Everyone's got two identities to me, right? Like I have their online name and then I have their real name from emails and stuff. So I always confuse them. But I'm pretty sure it was, it was Code. Um, fixed the Dan Gordon archive for us so that the left channel didn't cut out. Nice. So it was a stereo uh, archive. And, and he put it up someplace for me to get it. And it was up there for two weeks before I ever got it. So he asked me today, did you finally get it? I said, yeah, I got it. I just haven't uploaded it server yet. So then Gucci jumps right in. Hey, while you're at it, did you fix the gallery and the store page and the video page? And uh, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, easy there, guy. Then I get kicked out of the chat room, or I, I kicked myself out. I hit the X button. Serves you right. I jump right back in. First thing they say to me is, see, now you know how we feel. <laughs> oh, man. I told them, I was like, you guys are vicious today. No mercy. Nothing. No, I get nothing back. Crickets. That's all that was the, <laughs> the chat room was doing after I said that. So um, let me give a quick word about what's going on with the chat room today because you guys are going to get kicked out again, and I apologize. The The problem is traffic. It's a blessing of a problem, if you ask me. But so many of you guys are not only entering the chat room, uh, which you can go to on the main page if you've never done it. Click the Chat Now button. It's a lot of fun in there. Um, you just might have to log in several times during, out the sh- uh, during the show. It's traffic, and we're on a shared host right now. Uh, we share with I don't know how many other companies. Could be one 
could be whatever. I called our host, and they told me, you guys have an immense amount of traffic for a shared server. You need your own server. Nice. And uh, we're going to our own server in January, so don't worry about that. But it's not something I can do overnight because I don't know how to program a server. I'm a, I'm barely a broadcaster not yet. for kids. So uh, <laughs> yeah, programming a server is not in my uh, domain. Uh, so I have put out a few f- uh, 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 a few threads uh, getting some help to to do this new server for us. And in January, we'll have our own, and hopefully that's going to fix our chat problem. Well, Sister Jamil could help you. I asked Jamil. Yes. I sent him an email. He's not responded to oh. me. He responded to the half of the email that didn't have anything to do with computer stuff, but the half that I asked him about <laughs> computer stuff, he left it alone. And I even apologized for asking him. I said, listen, Jamil, I'm sorry to ask you this because I know it's your job, but I'm running low on resources. At, I need someone to help me do the host. And, uh, you know, it's fine if you don't want to do it. I can still ask other people. I left him an out. And uh, he's taken the high road he's and ignored got me entirely. That's <laughs> <laughs> what he's done. So uh, we'll see if we can't guilt him into responding at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's about the best I can we'll do. We'll make it a half-hour show. So I do apologize. I, I'm aware that the chat room's kicking you out, and I'm sorry. I just can't do anything about it. So uh, deal with it. That's the last time you got to worry about it. Yeah, that's right. Next year, uh, it'll be a, a, a beautiful, sparkling new chat room. And if not, F you then, too. I don't care. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> okay. Wow. I told him in the chat room today, too, during the blue bitter, show. I man. said, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm standing up for myself today. You're bitter. You can call me Nancy Boy if you want, but I'm going to scream like a girl at least and uh, <laughs> let you know that I'm I'm still here. All right? Stop looking at me like that, Daniela. Why? <laughs> <laughs> let me be angry. Uh, all right. So that about covers it for the for the chat room details. Um, also, later on in the show, uh, I'm going to be tasting some some beers that were sent in to us by by uh, various people. I'll I'll talk about that uh, at, at the at the beginning of the next segment. I want to mention some people and some some gifts that have been given. I want to tell you guys about that kind of stuff. Um, later on in the show, one of the gadgets we're discussing is the hop stopper, which is a way to transfer wort from your uh, boil kettle without all the trube. And it's a pretty uh, simple yet ingenious little device. We're going to talk about that. And uh, Innovative Homebrew Solutions, the manufacturer of it, has been kind enough to give one of those away today. So one of you lucky listeners out there who's looking to uh, avoid having to do the whirlpool and still end up with some trube in your fermenter uh, is going to get this bad boy and hopefully get a nice clean one. So we haven't tested it ourselves. It looks promising. It does look mm-hmm. – it, it's really good. Um the one he sent us here, it's custom fit to your kettle, too. So uh, whoever wins it, he's going to get your information. Uh, his name is Dennis from uh, Innovative Homebrew Solutions. He's going to get your information and custom make you a hop stopper for your kettle. So it's a good prize. You guys are going to want this. So hang around. I'll tell you how you can win it later, and that's our giveaway. He's also going to call us in uh, about 6.15. He's going to call up and talk about it with us because nice. he obviously has used it, and, and he built it and going to tell us all the, the great features about it. I'm hoping to keep this one right here. It's built for a, uh, <laughs> the one he sent us to sample, it's built for a converted keg. We have a burner now. I got a burner now. I got a keg too. Yeah. I just have to get it converted. So it, it, it should fit perfect. Bring him by the shop. I'm going to have old James. He's coming in today, right? He is. I'm going to, since he's going to be on the spot, I'm going to hit him up to, uh, <laughs> to get my, uh, my kettle in order. Should have had him bring the plasma cutter. I should have had him just do it right here. He would too. You know, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Just have the him do it under the cut table. You, man. Just say, hey, don't tell Olin or anything, you know. Just, <laughs> yeah. but on his time, why don't you go ahead and fix up my kettle, will you? <laughs> just clock in, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll see. 
But yeah, well, uh, that reminds me that we do have James from uh, Beer, Beer, and More Beer. He's the guy who uh, manufactures the uh, all the he gadgets for B3. He yeah. runs that gadget like shop over there. Ten people that run, work under him. So. Oh, okay. And so he's also the guy on the forum that if you've got a problem with your uh, sculpture or anything, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, or yeah. you don't understand something, he's the one that usually answers your questions. Uh, all right, cool. So he's going to be on the Justin. show. And, you obviously uh, <laughs> care, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you got any questions for him, that'll be good, too. He's a, he's a real expert. Not that Doc's not an expert, but... Uh, but I'm not in the manufacturing part of all of this. Yeah, and Doc's going to be hammered by that time anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't want a plasma uh, torch in your hand, Doc. First, <laughs> <laughs> that would be ugly. Marty getting questions about the hop stopper. How hard is it to clean the hop stopper? I'll tell you by the looks of it, not hard at all. No. And you don't Whoa. have to sanitize it because it stays in your kettle. You boil. You go through the whole boil with, with it in the there. Yep. So all you got to do is clean it, reattach it to your kettle, and go on about your boiling. And it. it's got a siphon, too, so it... it the tube takes it right out of the bottom of the kettle, so yeah. you get everything out of there. It looks to me like a like a hose and a little bit of pressure behind it is going to clean the thing right off. Yeah. So um, soaking in PBW be good. Yeah, and Justin's going to f- find out just how long he can leave it with mung on it oh, until yeah. he cleans it. Oh, yeah. you can it be sure orange. of that. Yeah. I'll just I'll probably just throw it right back in my boil the way I took it out of the last one. You know, <laughs> no, just yeah. use the the fresh hops, unfresh <laughs> hops in my new batch, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can come up with a name for that. Yeah. My it's a new process that I created. Reusing the hot break. Yeah, yeah. So uh, something have to do with mung. Mung will have to be in there somewhere. Yeah, right. That's the pineapple <laughs> in your beer. Yeah, yeah. it's my old mung. Yeah. We're drinking my pale ale today, Doctor. Do you have one of them too? No, I have my pilsner. I'm I'm here for you, Jay. Talk to me. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. (laughs) Wow. I think it's good. Nice balance of goodness. (laughs) Do you want to fight back or are you going to cry? I'm just going to (laughs) cry. I don't care. I don't want you to have my beer anyway, Doc. Oh, I I can only. Well, I guess I could have more than one at once. I'm turning your mic off for the rest of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Justin was over at my house yesterday? Day before. Day before, I think. I don't know. Sitting around drinking beer. Yeah, we tasted some beer. No, no, I mean, I was there getting a new battery for my truck, Daniela. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't even listen. Right, yeah. Good. <laughs> Don't listen to the archive. Yeah, I was drinking a bunch of Doc Spirits. Good oh. stuff. It's good stuff. It's better right out of the tap. So, come on, give me an evaluation of my pail. It's got a pineapple flavor. It does? Yeah. Where do you think that came from? I don't know. Fermentation control? That pineapple I put in there? Probably. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty malty. It's balanced. Good hops. You think Not it fermented little... too hot? I don't know. This has a fruity character to it. What do you think? Of course, you do too. So you taste I, it too. I get the fruity for sure. But um, it's weird yeah, that it's, my beers are fruity. It's about nothing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that. You know, nothing sticks out one way or the other, which which I think is a good thing. Hmm. I guess it does have a little pineapple in there, doesn't it? Nice. Could well, be I the amarillo the... that's giving you that though too. Yeah, that's my dry fin- hop. The amarillo? My, no, I just I uh, that was my finisher. I did a, a one-minute Amarillo at the end, so that could be your pineapple well, citrus right there. Pretty clean beer. I like it. I don't like the aftertaste. I think it's too extracty. It kind of hangs around as a sweet extract flavor, mm-hmm. and I don't like that. Yep. Did you did you boil the extract the whole time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's this talk about about not starting with the you know like once you, here's what I do I, I I get my 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 stuff to a boil. I pour in the extract, mm-hmm. and that's when I start my one-hour boil. Although sometimes I do a ninety-minute boil. Um, are you saying, what am I, I'm supposed to wait till the end to put my extract in or what? That's one way of doing it. So I'm just boiling hop water until then? Yes, making a hop tea. Really? Yep. Now, why, why would you do that? To do what? Add the extract at the finish. Uh, because it doesn't cook it down, you don't get uh, the caramelization, and it, it doesn't get that extracty 
beer taste to it. But do the hops then really kind of get into the malt when you're doing the yeah. malt for a short time? Well, the idea here is you're boiling it to isomerize all the alpha acids so they do turn into – so they're soluble and turn into bittering. Yeah. And you have to boil those. Yeah. And you, you could dump it in right at the end. I've, I've done experiments where I've dumped it in right at the end, just <laughs> enough to keep it warm for a while. Or I've done it, you know, a 20-minute boil with the extract. Hmm. And if you're doing a light beer, you really want to do that. Got Beer Pal in the studio, too. What do you have to say about this? I want to throw this out to uh, to Dr. Scott. Um, on your recommendation, I have all my batches now are late edition extract batches. Mm-hmm. But I've read that um, hop utilization is reduced in a low-gravity liquid. No, it's a high-gravity liquid. So that adding some of the extract at the beginning of the boil is not a good thing. You can't. That's, 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 another, that's another way to do it. You, you boil most of it and then – or half of it, and at the end you dump in the rest of it. That's another way of doing it. But it's actually uh, to me. the hops utilization as the original gravity goes up, you're going to get less, less of the hops dissolving, the alpha acids dissolving in a thicker solution. <clears throat> So would you have to compensate? That's, that's why when you've got hops? yeah, that's why when you've got a 1080 beer, you have to have like 45, 50, 60 IBUs just to get, or you know, put it in there just to get some hop flavor out of it. Huh? Because it just doesn't dissolve in a thicker solution. I got you. You should try that next. So you actually right. probably might even get a better hop utilization out of it with less. Well, you know, this one too was was also mini mash. So what I could have done was you know have my my mash water and I've then done that and too. then just done the extract at the very end, mm-hmm. right? That, added, I've done that and that works out pretty well. Maybe I'll give that a go on my next because I'm going to brew it again. I'm trying to get this one right. Doc challenged me to do this until I get it right, so uh, I'm doing it. What and I call? like it; it's drinkable. It. Do, I just keep doing the same beer. Until that's what I'm doing. Right. I might get bored though, but I'm I'm doing it anyway because I want to I want the pale. I want to come in here and you guys go, damn it, damn, that's good. <laughs> yeah, you know. And until then, and we will too. Are we'll you doing a full this. wart boil? No. Well, see, that'll help quite a bit, too, especially mm. putting all your extract in there at the end will help if you're not doing a full. Yeah, I'm only boil. doing the partial boil like a lot of our listeners and, out there. And too. that'll caramelize it a lot faster, too. I don't think that's what's getting your citrusy flavor out of this, but that's probably the Amarillo. Yeah, I think that's the Amarillo. I don't mind that. I like the, the Amarillo I like flavor. the Amarillo. It's like a good too. finish, yeah. Mm. Mm. So are you adding the, uh, you had the extract late because it's essentially... To make the extract, you've already gone through that boiling yeah, process. Yeah, it's all it's all done. You do want to get some assets out of the boil to work it around a little bit and get some hot break out of it. By the way, the other voice you're hearing is uh, Eric Beer, and I'm not lying about that. It's uh, Eric Beer. <laughs> uh, he's a good friend it's of the true. show, and um, also in the the Doe's uh, Homebrew Club with Doc and John, and he's brought some gadgets for us to check out too. Good gadget guy. Mm-hmm. How the hell did you end up with the name Eric Beer? Anyway? You know, it's uh, growing up, up until about the fifth grade, you know, I was chastised on the playground, you know, it was always the making fun of the beer name. And then yeah. around like seventh grade, instant, became cool. instant cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yep. I mean, I, I think if for future reference, you're just going to go by Mr. Beer around here. I like that better yeah, than, than it, Eric. That I works think, for me. I think Mr. Beer, uh, although it's associated with a, uh, Mr. Beer a, kit. a plastic kit, uh, <laughs> I still like having our own Mr. Beer around the studio. You know, you know I respond to a lot of things, and that's one of the kinder names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with that. You, like you, yeah, we could have said Beer Pig. Isn't that another one of the things that's out there? I like that uh, one. The little yeah. Beer Pig. Uh, so we got our very own Mr. Beer. So uh, the unfamiliar voice you're hearing is Mr. Beer, and he's going to be hanging out talking uh, 
What's the ga- gadget you brought was a uh, uh, CO2 cylinder stand. Right. Which is right. a, we'll discuss it later, but it is a simple and, and cool uh, way and to keep your And it should be essential, CO2 too, because yeah. you, you don't want that thing falling over. Right, keeping your CO2 tank upright, and mm-hmm. mine has trouble doing that. It's practically always, always on its side. <laughs> uh, and then also brought in a a, um, a, a plate. Stir plate. Thank yeah, you, got a, a stir plate. Double stir plate. Homemade double stir plate. So we'll talk about those two gadgets. And for you cheap guys out there... This thing's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. D- you have you've got one too, yeah, right? I brought it right here. Okay. And actually, I want to I want to talk oh, to you nice. about it after the show because uh, I have a plan for a big one for a three gallon carboy. Oh yeah. So I want a giant yeah. stir plate. A giant rah, stir plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll be talking about those uh, right after we take the break. We're going to get into the gadget stuff. So. Nice. All right. Oh my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. Kick ass. Can I get some pills, Doc? Not too much mail this week. Um, mostly uh, mail about the gadget show, which I wasn't able to to read because they didn't because I couldn't post the pictures that were sent to me. One of them wasn't a downloadable picture; it was a link. Um, so I'll just kind of read read about it. I think you get the picture of what the guy built. Um, other guy says, "Hey Justin, since you're doing a gadget show, I thought you, I'd send you a pic of my favorite gadget that I've made." Uh, it's the one at the top of this page. And the page is, and I'm going to have Daniela type this into the chat room too. Um, it's, don't type it yet, Daniela. I'll give it to you so you can get it right. But it's, cause I'm going to read it fast. It's www.brewing.schmidt-house.com slash miscellaneous equipment.htm. I couldn't put the link up because I just got it like two minutes before the show. Uh, I'll have Daniela type the link in the chat room and then you can look at the picture. Um, here you go, Daniel. That's the the link right there. Just type the whole thing from HTTP. Yes, to sir. And thank you very much. And then you can uh, check it on that page. And basically, what he's done is he's put a thermometer, uh, an LCD thermometer, right into his wort chiller. It's a it's a counterflow chiller. And if you look at the picture, um, maybe when Danielle is done typing it up there, she can bring it up on the screen, John. You could see it. Yeah. Um, it, it just it, you've got the your regular coil of the of the wort chiller of a counterflow wort chiller, mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, it's vertical rather mm-hmm. than horizontal, and then in between the top part of it and the bottom part of it is a is about a I don't know eight inch thermometer, and it runs right through there. And it tell and I think what it does is it, it's the end of it, so yeah. it tells you what the temperature of your word is as it's going Ow. you know just before it gets to your fermenter, right? right? Or right. just before it leaves the the wort chiller. Mm-hmm. And what a what a great thing to have, right? Because then you can really kind of know how efficient your wort chiller is, and without having to drop a thermometer right into your yeah. to your carboy or your or your uh, conical or whatever you're using. If you look at the announcement that Beer Pal made with the picture of my wort chiller. Uh, I have a. I put a thermometer on the end of that one too. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there you go. You get an idea out of that. Yeah. I just need. I. I need a better way of doing it. I don't think I get the efficiency off the thermometer that I need. I need it more in the stream of it. Okay. So that's that one, uh, and it, it looked like a cool gadget to me. You can check it out there. Daniela should have posted it in the chat room. Uh, did you get that, Daniela? Yes, I did. Thank you, thank you. All right, and then from one of our UK listeners, I think a new one, says, Guys, firstly, top show, a perfect mix of info and relaxed good humor, which means that he's just as infantile as we are, uh, and I like that. Uh, and he, he sent me a couple pictures of a gadget that he made, which I, I can't send you because they weren't downloadable, and the link was about two miles long. So I'll just tell you what it was. Basically, he made a uh, kettle lid that catches the condensate that runs back down into the boil. Right, Every, for people like most the of us, keep, coming off. Yeah, why would you want to do that? Well, most of us to keep it from. Here's the deal: most of us don't boil with a lid on. 
right? We just take it right off so that that stuff never ends up back in the wort. It goes off into the air and goodbye forever. I'm supposed to do that. He does boil with a lid on. So what he's built is a trap so that the condensate goes up, hits his lid, and then runs off into this trap. Hmm. Without falling back down in the boil. So I think he retains the sort of heat efficiency of his boil because he's keeping all the heat in there, gets mm-hmm. it to a boil faster and whatnot. Um, maybe doesn't stink up his house like the rest of us right. do because it's catching. Although I love that smell. Yeah. And it just catches all of the... Uh, Plus uh, more beer. Less evaporation. Yeah. Well, I think the same amount of evaporation. He's just saving the yeah. evaporation. But it's in, going, uh, the evaporation is going back into his boil, though. No, that's what I'm saying. It's a catcher that he's built to the bottom of his lid. So it hits the lid... And then instead of falling back into the boil, it falls into this little tin cup that he's welded onto his lid. So it doesn't end up back in the boil. Ah, so all he's done is, is it's a way to, to have the same process of not having a lid, but with a lid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe, it, it, maybe he's got a business in recycled beer water. You know Exactly. You might go. need that kind of stuff. <laughs> so anyway, that was our other uh, feedback, and that was from um, Darren from the U.K., so I appreciate That's that. Cool. The first one was from George, uh, the, the picture that he sent us, the link to the, to the thermometer. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And how about a little bit of news then to finish off this segment, and we'll take a quick break. Quick news. A jeweler, I don't know if you guys read about this, but uh, for the holiday season – People are trying to market to, uh, you know, businesses are trying to market to men who don't like to shop. And I think that... Uh, like all of us? Exactly. <laughs> I, th- I think like a good 99.9% of our listenership is male. So uh, you guys all know what I'm talking about where we don't want anything to do with a jewelry store or a perfume store or freaking bed, bath, and beyond or, store. or any of these places. You know what I'm talking about? Like whatever we get store. is wrong. Uh, but... The fact is, we go do it anyway because we have to, or none of us are going to get laid, right? So uh, we got to go do these things. Especially not you tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> that one. talk about all that. <laughs> John came in here all mellow. He told me it's because he got laid just before he walked in the studio. I was like, what's wrong with you, John? You're like practically asleep. Oh, you can always tell. He's yeah. like, yeah, I just got some. He's like, man, you can't even walk, buddy. <laughs> you practically slithered in here on the floor. Like limp and, well, anyway. So, uh, spent. Wow. He's, he's spent. Uh, yeah, I feel good though. Thanks. Well, even though we don't like to go to stores, um, the the corporate world has figured out that we're still out there spending uh, somewhere to the tune of like eighty six billion dollars around Christmas time because we do have to go buy gifts anyway. So what they're doing is trying to attract us, and uh, one jeweler uh, in in Nebraska has done just that by offering pizza and beer to male shoppers while they're in the jewelry store in Bellevue, N- Nebraska. Um, Galaska, who's 48 years old, was among hundreds of men who came out for men's night at the Omaha jewelry store Borsheim's this week. The store uses free pizza and beer to counteract the otherwise intimidating notion of buying jewelry. High-end retailers such as Borsheim's, part of the billionaire Warren Buffett's empire, are changing the way they market themselves and their products to attract male shoppers. Men are shopping more and can be freer with their wallets under the right circumstances. Which is true. I know I spend a lot more money when I'm drinking. You know what I mean? Um, that's, that's a tradition with me and my friend. Yeah. We go get, get hammered at the mall. Yeah. Go spend way too much money. You spend way too much money. <laughs> Men will buy like an estimated $49 billion in apparel this year, which is a 5% rise from last year, said Marshall Cohen, chief analyst at NPD Group, a market research company based in Port Washington, New York. Men now buy 70% of their own clothing, up from 25% in 85. So stores are doing what they can to attract these often reluctant shoppers. And that's especially evident around the holidays. Stored hold functions tailored specifically to men and increasingly women who are often encouraged to fill out wish lists to make shopping easier for men. Which, by the way, ladies, 
just tell us what you want. Yeah. Daniela does this thing to me all the time. I'm like, what do you want? She says, well, I want you to figure that out. You yeah. should know what I want. <laughs> just what the go f- check out <laughs> check, check out the bathroom, man. Yeah, just but I do that stuff. with you. I figure out what you want, don't I? Yeah, but you're a chick I get you like the best listen. surprises. <laughs> like you listen when I talk, so you know what I want. That's the difference. I don't listen, and neither does what? anybody else. What? So, like you say it ten times, but I've not heard it because I would have had to listen. And guys don't listen. Drop them an email. It comes down so to emails it. work. If you he haven't reply, if you haven't pasted it on your forehead. Or or your cleavage, it would be even better. <laughs> we have not seen what you like. We don't know what you want, right? Guys, help me out. You know what I'm talking about. Your wife has told you a hundred times what she wants, and you don't know. I don't have a wife. Tell us what you want. It's so much easier. Make a list. We'll get it. We don't mind getting we'll it. We'll check it twice. We just don't want to go hunting around and trying to figure it but out. But that's not the purpose of it. Don't you get that, you dumbass? No, it's just a pain is what it is. Oh. Let, let it out. You end up getting, you know what you're going to end up getting? Some like ugly sweater that I thought was cool. And <laughs> it, you'll never wear it. It'll end up being like Biscuit's mattress, my dog's <laughs> bed. She, you know what she really wants, and she said it before, she wants that all green kit. <laughs> that's true. She wants a more beer conical fermenter. Yeah, that's right. it. That's what I need. So, <laughs> so you can use it. <laughs> Just don't me get don't give me any kitchen stuff, and you're good. See, that's the thing that bothers me. I'm not allowed to get anything for the house that, that we can yeah. all use, right? Or, or anything that, that. Another rule is you're not supposed to get anything that plugs in. Really? Yeah. It, really? I don't know. Guys, what does that mean? Guys like, like the, nothing. Is, nothing electronic. Nothing fun. Stuff like, that we'd like. Yeah, right? <laughs> Nothing says I love you like a new vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, right? What if about- you do that, I'm going to chop off your nuts. <laughs> Seriously. Whoa. <laughs> I mean that. You won't get laid on top of that conical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. What about battery-powered stuff? Does that count? Well, I don't know. I just Depends. Heard, I just heard plugging it in. I don't know about the battery stuff. Battery-powered could work. Dr. Scott, do you have the gift for your wife already? I'm sure you do because you're a good husband. I know that. Yes, I do. Yeah, see? <laughs> see? You're so full of it. No, I do. How the heck did you do that already? What kind of I dude li- are actually, you? Actually, I listened. <laughs> <laughs> see, you guys know me the You know what? The dark it, it really, yeah. I didn't get it the first couple times, but, uh-huh, you know, she uh-huh. kept saying, I, oh, I've heard that a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> she wants that. And you already got it? Yeah. Look at him. Not only does he know what to get, but he got it early. And I got accessories to go with it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Accessories. Accessories. Not mm. a boy. Saks Fifth Avenue even brought in Playboy centerfolds to act as men's personal shoppers earlier this month in New York. Now, that would help make shopping a little easier, right, guys? They'd kind of show you around, show you stuff. <laughs> show you the ropes. Centerfolds aside, men's night outs are also being held at shopping malls around the country. Now, that's gay, if you ask. What do you, gays, guys want to go hang out tonight? What do you want to do? Let's go to the mall. Go into the mall. <laughs> what the? Yeah, I go to the mall because I only want to see the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Galaska's wife filled out her wish, wish list the previous week at Borsheim's Ladies' Night. All Galaska had to do this week was say her name, and clerks began to bring out what his wife wanted. See? And all the while, he's drinking beer and eating pizza. Now, that's the Christmas spirit right there, Danielle. <laughs> yep. Right? I don't talk to you anymore. <laughs> I <figured that> <laughs> hey, you haven't even flipped him off yet. Not no, yet. Nothing. I uh, had an article about holiday beer. It's long. I could give you a short version or I could skip it. What do you think? You guys want to hear a little bit about winter brew? It's a writer, uh, Lori okay. Daniel, who... um have a choice. <laughs> uh, no, I'll give you a choice. I'm just telling you what it's about. Lori Daniel just evaluated some beers. So you want to hear her evaluations just or not? Let's do it. Be quick about it. I'm turning you off anyway, Doc. Don't worry about <laughs> He's bitter, man. God. Let's see. Uh, he gave a couple examples of winter <laughs> beers with dark roasted flavored malts. Uh, the, the Deschutes Jubilee Ale, 
which I think we had. You gave yep. that away at the yep. Doze meeting. I had one of those. That's a good beer. Uh, they're from Bend, Oregon. Full Sail Wassail from Hood River, Oregon. Let's see. It says Jubilee gets its robust flavors from an array of roasted malts, according to the Deschutes brewmaster, Larry Sador. Well, that was descriptive, wasn't it? And uh, he calls Jubilee a warmer. It's a beer not to be consumed when it's 95 degrees outside. So um, that's why you drink it in the winter, I suppose. Uh, that's Wassail. He's, one of the favorite of this writer was Sierra Nevada's Celebration Ale. Now I'll say that if I'm gonna drink a Sierra, I'll definitely drink a Celebration Ale. That's a that's a pretty good one. You like that one, John? You were you were kind of shaking your head like you like that. Yeah. It's not my favorite Christmas beer, but the it's it's my favorite Sierra Nevada beer. The the Celebration Ale. That's a good one. Um, yeah, that's about it. I think I cut off the rest of the article. Lagunitas uh, Brown Sugar. You guys had that? Yeah, we yeah. talked about that in here. Hard to go wrong with Lagunitas. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And the brown sugar is extra good uh, because it gets you high at the same time you're it drinking does. it. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, John? Yeah. It gives you a funny little tingle yeah, when like you're it. drinking that one. <laughs> the brown sugar. That one's always good. And it changes every year, too, uh, which is what I like about the craft brew winter beers. It's not always the same beer, you know. Yeah. Uh, you get a different one. Sierra's is the same pretty much every year. Um they're able to keep their creativity. So this year, Sierra Nevada Celebration, it says, is their twenty fifth. It's the twenty fifth year brewing their Celebration Ale. Wow. Yeah. So what else? I think that's it. Just the Lagunitas was the only other one that got mentioned. The Anchor Brewing Company. This article said that Anchor is the one who introduced the special uh, Christmas brew in nineteen seventy five. They said that it was always popular in Europe, but the tradition tradition hadn't caught on here until Anchor came out with theirs, mm. which is now just called Christmas Ale. So and that recipe changes every year, and they keep it a secret. But yeah. in general, the beer is rich and dark with spices added. So yeah, they've got them all lined up uh, at the brewery on top of the bar. Mm, I heard talk of stealing a few of them. Do <laughs> <laughs> we get those? <laughs> caller, you're on the air. No, he can't hear me. Hang on. A second. Hey, caller, you're on the air. Hey, uh, who are we talking to? I was just. This is Christian from Crestline again. Hi, Christian. How are you? By Arrowhead. Good. How are you guys doing? Doing real good, thanks. What's on your well, mind? Well, you, you know, you guys were talking about uh, what women really want for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know this sounds really simple. Okay. But uh, somebody clued me in on this a while back. Jewelry. Just, just... Every time. Just plain jewelry? Works. Doesn't have to be expensive. No, you know, now that it, you mention that, I do remember Daniela, like last night, was putting on some necklace, <laughs> and she's like, I really exactly. like necklaces. You know, exactly. <laughs> kind of speaking know, to me like I'm on the special bus. You're never going to mess up if you buy jewelry. Yeah. Uh, what, one, one clue, though, it has to be their style. Yeah. See, I'm bad at You know, but yeah. even if you mess up on that, they can take it back. Jewelry. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's you very, try. very true, guys. You should listen to this wise man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get Guys, your, uh, listen to this wise man. I'm are you, telling you. Are you married? Yes, I am. How long have you been married? Uh, six years now. Wow. Right. Okay. See, and this yeah. is why, because he knows. Uh, I'm he telling knows. you, I'm getting it done. Yeah? Did you I'm already go get... my friend. Did you get your wife's uh, jewelry already? Not yet. But you... <laughs> <laughs> A week. But, but you, you already know. You just, you just pop in. It's not hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, you just pop in. It you is hard because... It's close to right, and it's, it's worth everything. Here's the thing, though, and especially around the holidays, the mall... Literally, oh, yeah. it literally, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating, oh, no. it sucks the no. life out of me it right does. out the yes, soles of my feet. You gotta earth. stay away from, anywhere oh. where there's some sort of parking situation, Yeah, you gotta stay away from it. Yes. I'm just talking five steps in the door of the mall, and I'm uh, done, I'm spent, I gotta sit down next to the yeah, mannequin and take a mean. break. It's, it's 
horrible. Yeah. And people, are, they're throwing elbows, and you just yeah. want to take them out. You do. <laughs> you do. I just want to kill them. Yeah, I don't care if they're women or children. Oh, no. Now, that's holiday cheer. No, no, it's survival <laughs> of the fittest. They don't deserve to live. And I got these, like, <laughs> ho, ho, ho. gangly arms, too. I'm throwing elbows all over yeah, myself. Yeah, you got you to got, you reach. See, I'm a little short, so yeah. I just take them out of the knees. Oh, see, that's even better, because then you clear a path. Yeah. Well, Justin, yeah. the mall's not too bad. You go straight to a bar. Yeah. <laughs> then you hit the hit, hit a few shops between that and the next bar. Yeah. And then see, there's not there's not any good bar, bars at malls. I know. I can, can uh, you even get a beer at our yeah. mall? Uh, see, I don't think I can. You can if you go to one of the restaurants, I guess. The, in our, yeah, I haven't tried it there because. Uh, but then I need uh, a designated driver too. So I now got to call a buddy and do that thing I just said was gay and say, "Hey, you want to go right. hang out at the mall?" Yeah. <laughs> Shots in the parking lot. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Just bring your own bottle of hooch. <laughs> a little courage to go you inside. Charge in. Yeah, nice 12% Belgian. Yeah. yeah. yeah don't you think the shopping's bad? Just think about that guy who's working the the hot dog stand. Yeah. You know, you just heard jingle bells for like the 15th time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know who I feel sorry for? Is those suckers flipping the signs on the corners about mm. rentals and... I know, yeah. Like, Housing development. Oh yeah, yeah. the little arrow. Yeah. yeah, I just want to. I just want to give them five bucks and tell them to take an hour off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I just pay for so their hour. For them. And I'll tell you what, that's probably double what they make for that well, hour. How, too. how about how about better what? Do it for them. About the what? Yeah, just stand there just and do it, it for yeah, them. Man, I'll take over for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me do it. Looks, well, it looks kind of fun. Drink a beer with them. That'd well, be awesome. Let me tell you, I don't feel that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not that <laughs> But these guys, it's 110 degrees bad, outside, and they're standing there doing Or today it's pouring rain. You know they're still standing and they're, there oh, doing yeah. it. And they're spinning that arrow. Yeah. I don't know. Do it's not good because I don't know where the arrow's pointing. I don't know. if they, I don't or think, they're just bored out of their minds. So they I think they're that. bored out of their minds. If I were, Oh, put me out of my misery. Exactly. Shoot me now. Exactly. I'd stand a little closer to the curb just to the off chance I could get nailed by an oncoming bus. Yeah, right. No kidding. They might take you out. Uh, all right, hey, thanks for the call and the yeah. advice. That's that's good advice. No sweat. No, jewelry. can't go wrong with jewelry. I'm jewelry. telling you. And thanks, Christian. Later. How See do you later. spell that? Jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm slow today yeah, too. It's okay. Pearl necklace. One of our listeners sent me a link to an article in. Um, it was in a science magazine. You probably have a subscription to that, Doc. You're all sciencey like that. Which science magazine would I that be? I don't know. I, I probably have it here somewhere, but I lost it. Uh, but it was all about the chemical compounds in beer, and in particular, talking about the chemical compound that causes skunkiness, and how the it, it's not just called skunkiness, the same chemical compound is found in skunk spray. And you know that, Doc, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. Yep. Do you know the name of it? Mercaptans. How about the, the chemical makeup? Yes, it's... Uh, quizzing you now, buddy. Something, uh, four, five, something, thiol. Uh, Three methyl butt... Am I saying that right? Butyl. Methyl butyl. Uh, it's actually, no, it's not butyl here. They spelt it wrong in the article. Okay. Uh, two E-N-E. They probably didn't finish that one off, too, did they? Because E-N-E isn't a compound. Let me see it. Look at it right It's It's highlighted right there. Don't let me see it like I'm the idiot. I didn't write the article. I'm just reading the thing. Oh. See it? See it? Yeah, it should be. Yeah. They just gave me the, the shortened version. Yep. But off of that, do you, could you say what it is? What it really is? Yeah. Say what it is. Three methyl butyl two. Nah, that's wrong. It's One, just wrong. It's, it's still it's a thiol. Yeah, apparently, not a very reputable science magazine, no. is it? <laughs> I just copied it and pasted it here, folks. Um, this compound, though, that humans are very sensitive to, says Dennis Day. Man, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name either. Of uh, Ghent University in Belgium, 
um, is detectable in quantities as small as .004 microgram per liter. And this amount can form in minutes when beer is exposed to bright sunlight. And here's what I liked about this article, is that it actually tells you sort of the process that takes place with that skunkiness and light. Riboflavin which is a compound produced by yeast during fermentation, absorbs energy from light wavelengths at 350 to 500 nanometers. It transfers that energy to isoalpha acids, the compounds that give beer bitterness. They then release free radicals, small unstable chemical fragments that react with sulfur compounds produced by the yeast. The result is the offending thiol, that skunky mm-hmm. flavor. So it's it it and we just call it we talk about it in here all the time. We just call it oxidation and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. But this actually tells you the frequency of light. Um, many brewers uh, who want to prevent skunky flavor simply put their product in a brown bottle, which blocks visible light wavelengths under five hundred nanometers. So there you go. That's It tells you exactly what the brown bottle does and why people do, yep. should do it. But check this out. Uh, some of the brewers who prefer to use clear or green bottles, which let in the problematic wavelengths, use hot pellets that can t- contain chemically modified alpha acids. Their altered structure, which contains, uh, contains additional hydrogen atoms, no longer forms that thiol compound. Yeah, the, the, a lot of them will use the, the hop extracts that mm-hmm. aren't are more light-stable. Right. Yeah. However... Um, the aforementioned researcher from the University of Belgium says that his colleagues have revealed that the chemical modification of the iso-alpha acids doesn't entirely prevent light-induced off flavors. And we all know that by drinking skunky Heineken. Uh, the team reported in March 9th Journal of Agriculture and Food Chemistry that the free radicals can still react with other sulfur compounds, creating the same uh, flavors and other flavors reminiscent of rotten eggs. So they might be able to solve for some of that skunkiness with the uh, modified hot pellets, but not all of it. So, I don't know. We already know that happens. I just thought it was an interesting explanation of the facts. Well, most of the stuff we talk about uh, with oxidation and light strict and stuff, it, it mostly has to do with beer storage and how long your beer is going to stay in the state you brewed it. Yeah. So if you're somebody drinking beer really fast, yeah, uh, you're killing a keg in a week or two, you don't have to really worry about it too much. Right. Uh, if you store in kegs and not bottles, you don't have to worry about it so much. If you store cold, you don't have to worry about it as much. But a lot of this stuff is if you've got a, a beer that you want to age for three, four months. Yeah, it's not going to be as good as it was when you when it hit its peak. It goes what about downhill. what about wines that are in clear bottles? Like most of your Chardonnays and stuff, they're in a clear bottle. You get the same kind of oxidation if you store wine in lighted areas. It's not really oxidation. No, no, you're you're driving forward a chemical reaction mm-hmm. as light is pushing it. So, is it a problem with wine? Uh, wine doesn't have. I'm not. I don't know that much about wine, but okay. wine doesn't have the hop constituents in it. Right, to, and that's that's one of the compounds that gives off the free radical that will react with the. Right, but I have been told uh, by people that you're supposed to store wine, obviously in a cool, you know, kind of damp. Uh, heat, but they say a damages. dark place. They say it's supposed to be yeah. dark too. Well, heat, and I'm wondering if it's the same principle. Could be heat damages it mm. mostly. Yeah, Just, so does beer. Uh, it doesn't like the heat. Right. 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 All right. I was going to take a break, but I, I'm going to do my next quick segment here, and then we'll Sweet. take a break. Uh, Duvel is our tasting coming up at 6 o'clock. We're going to take a break just before that. So get your Duvel or Duvel or whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Uh, get that ready, and we'll be tasting that. I'm excited about tasting I've not had a Duvel in years, actually, and I don't even remember what it tastes like. So I'm happy about this one. There's a reason for that. Is it bad? No, you drank too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, usually by the time the Duvel comes out. Yeah. Had too much of it. 
I'm gonna. Uh, Doc says that this there's a myth about. Um, it might not be a myth about Duvel being a great hangover cure. That's what Vinny said. And Vinny, Vinny said, said that too. Yeah. And, and I ta- I, met, I brought it up again to Doc the other day, and he said, "Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah, it's good hair of the dog. So I'm gonna start keeping a bottle around. Regular was, old hair of the dog theory. Yeah, well, I'm a big hair. believer in the dog hair thing. But <laughs> I guess it's the same theory, but this one is something special. Like the Duvel is a particularly good well, hair of the well, dog. Well, Vin- Vinny said maybe because it's so dry mm. and it doesn't have the sugars in it. I was a little hungover this morning. Yeah. You still are. It's part of the why me and the listeners were all angry at each other in the <laughs> chat room. They were hungover too. Oz was hungover in there. Um, well, yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to get to that. Here's what I want to do. Um, I just got some thank yous to get through. Uh, being that it's our last show of the year, a lot of things have happened. Probably do this again real quick at the end. But I wanted to mention some people um, in particular. You guys don't even know Doc and John yet. Um, or I may have told you just in passing. We've gotten some Christmas gifts from our listeners. Like just just sending us gifts to say thank you. Nice. Um, so, for example, we got signed up and we're going to be tasting this beer later in the show. So you guys who showed up uh, just to hang out are lucky. Uh, Paul from Brooklyn signed us up for Michael Jackson's Rare Beer Club. Awesome. So oh, that's too a, cool. I mean, how great is that? This guy, j- and, and, it, and it comes with a card. Um, it's a three-month membership we've gotten, and um, our first shipment should arrive by the uh, end of December, which it did. And he says, thanks again for Sunday nights, Paul from Brooklyn. No, simple as that. He just wanted to thank us. That's wow. Great. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So we've already gotten our first beer from this too, and it w- it's from Dogfish Head Brewery, and uh, they sent us um, three bottles of their Pangea. And I told I had the name wrong the other day. Uh, yeah. It actually is Pangea, and it's called that. I, I got a whole uh, bio of it here if anyone in the studio wants to read it. But it's called Pangea because it's got ingredients from every continent in the world. Brewed, okay. into, wow. brewed into the beer. It's a pretty cool concept. Yeah, Sam's crazy like that. So they, like, they always have great ideas over yeah. there. You like know, Pangea, the, the one giant continent. Yeah, long exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so he, yeah, so that's Paul from Brooklyn sent us that. I think he he's even been out to the west here, went into Vinny's before, and uh, if it's the same person. But hey, Paul, thanks a lot. I, we really appreciate that. Um, another Paul who uh, goes by Code, uh, Code Right and Fool, um, sent us just just a card. Sent us a nice. Uh, uh, a rejoice uh, Christmas card and uh, says, uh, "May the blessed assurance of His love light you on your holidays with happiness and brighten your year with blessings." Paul and Darla Becker, nice. and that was addressed uh, to all the brewcasters, which of course Thanks. includes Daniela. Um, and very nice of of Paul also to do that. And then one last one that got sent to us, and uh, could. Could someone grab the bottle that's right on the counter out there? It's in a it's in a basket because I'm not even positive what this is yet. It looks really cool. But uh, Fulcrum, he he goes by Fulcrum seventy eight, and um, his he's name here is, tonight. Yeah, he's in the chat room there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Robert. Um, oh, that's a cool bottle. Yeah, he sent us this awesome. Um, man, I, I got to be honest, I'm not even sure what it is. He sa- he said that he had sent me a link about what it is, but I got the email with with no link in it, so I I didn't get to check it out. But it's it's. I think it's from Czechoslovakia, and yeah. it's it, it. I don't know if it's a beer or a, or a schnapps or the bottle is just cool, man. I think we're gonna take a picture of it and put it up yeah, too. Yeah, it's so cool uh, because it's just great. It looks like a like kind of a Chianti bottle, like that classic style Chianti basket bottle with a it. basket around it, and uh, it's corked. And uh, it won a gold medal in 1997 for something. I don't know what, because it's written in um, Czechoslovakian. <laughs> which, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> which I'm fluent in, by the way. I just uh, The letters are too small, uh, so I can't read it. But he just wanted to say, this one actually uh, was um, 
for Daniela helping him on his uh, forthcoming trip to Germany. He's going to Germany in August, and Daniela, I believe, sent him a list of places. Not that he yet. Go look I'm still working, working on that. On but you yeah. set him on the air that yeah. day. Yeah. And, and we we set him up with who was our guest then when we were talking about those great breweries in Belgium. I think that was actually mm, Mr. Gordon or so when we were talking yeah. about that. So we set him up with that. Yeah. And so he yeah, just was I'm saying thanks, and he sent us this. So for nice of him, really. Yeah, gave us a Merry Christmas and a thanks for that. So anybody want to check that out? It's uh, right there. It's a cool thing. It's it's meat, by the way. He says. I also know that there are other things in the mail. I've been I've been notified. Uh, I think Oz has got something in the mail to us. Gucci told me today he's got something in the mail, and uh, I I just want you know what I'm I'm se- I'm being serious here. It's really a nice thing, and it makes us feel really good to know that uh, you've let us you know into your home and a part of your life on Sunday nights, and to to send us stuff. That's that's real cool. To me, really, well, it's overwhelming. I every time we receive something, I'm really seriously overwhelmed. I. I can't believe that, and I find it so amazing. Like just in a nice stand here, we are always the first ones to receive it and be notified oh, yeah. about it, and we just stand there and say, "It's incredible." Those people are just so nice. And then we hold each other and we cry. No, you try okay. to hold me and you cry. <laughs> <laughs> I pet your shoulder, <laughs> and I and I weep tears of joy. Is what happens every every time we get these things. So hey, that's just really cool. And again, uh, we just appreciate you letting us in, and um, you know, thank you just as much as you're thanking us. Yeah, and uh, with that, uh, it's it's been a long um, uh, six months in terms of of how far we've come. We screwed up the first show entirely uh, as far as technical issues uh, that were out of our control, and uh, we're Good a bit recovery. concerned that we weren't going to uh, bounce back from yeah. that. It's kind of it's the nature of the deal that you kind of only get one chance, and uh, if you screw up that chance, you you most often aren't going to get a, a second chance. But you guys have given us uh, more than a second chance, yeah. even, and have bounced right back. We're now back to uh, many, many more listeners than we had on that first, or at least people attempted to tune in on that first broadcast. Um, so we not only recovered, but recovered exponentially. And especially in the last couple of months, uh, you guys have been so helpful and I think spreading the word so much and so involved in the show that uh, we're bursting at the seams as far as our, our host is concerned and our chat room and our uh, uh, podcasts. And uh, we've had to kind of rearrange our business plan for January <laughs> because of it. But uh, we appreciate it. And, um, you know, you don't have to send us gifts to say thanks. Just just by doing the stuff you're doing, listening, that says thanks. And so all of you who have been hanging out, uh, the show is not the same without you. So I don't know of any other brew show out there that has as much uh, listener participation as we do uh, in the form of call-ins and emails and chat room and the forum. Yeah, the forum, uh, too. Man, you guys are so active that um, it. I'm telling you, the show would be crap if you weren't there. So, uh, you know, thanks no, very much. It would be. It would. <laughs> it, it would be as <laughs> Let's good. Let's face it. <laughs> oh, wait, we'd be like all those other guys. We'd be a little slow. and uh, So just a big thanks. We've grown a lot. Cheers to you. Cheers. And, uh, Doc, gonna, let's get a little. There. You don't get anything because you dissed my beer. No, I actually had one of your beers. Oh, you did? It's just gone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can join in. <laughs> all right. And then I wanted to announce again um, quickly about our January lineup because I kind of breezed through it real quick last week and just wanted to remind you all. And give you kind of an update of some stuff that's unfolding, too. But, of course, the Jamil show. Everybody knows about that coming in January. John yeah. and Jamil doing their own show, which people are real excited about, uh, mostly because I think you guys are going to argue with each other half the time. It's good. It is good. Yeah. Steel cage match. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm going to have to put up a chain link fence around the yeah, desk. Put them in the studio and lock the door. Yeah. Um, a lot of beer talk. 
The Oz Craft Brew Show, uh, which is Graham Sanders in Australia. I mentioned him earlier. He is going to let us broadcast his show um, on our station. So each week we're going to do that. And he might even – he does a show, I think uh, – he calls it a fortnight. I guess in Australia they still use archaic terms like fortnight. It's uh, two weeks. <laughs> which is two weeks to the uh, the uh, idiot West Coasters, uh, like myself. And uh, But he's even thinking of upping it to uh, doing a show every week so that he has a new show for the Brewing Network each week. But he That'd said he's, he's just toying with the idea. He's not sure if he's Toying with to. us. Yeah, he could be just doing it. But what we'll do is uh, every uh, fortnight – Broadcast his new show, and then uh, in the alternating weeks, we'll do an old archive. Because he's got shows dating back to 2003 that we can fill in there that uh, I would guess a lot of people haven't heard out here. Mm. Uh, not because they don't tune into him, but because it's just a newer audience. Go ahead, Beer Pal. What you got? I just want to say that uh, Graham has been extremely cool about letting us promote um, mm. this show yeah. on his uh, mailing list. Right. He was one of the first who he was right up front and uh, was was more than happy to reciprocate. And uh, so if he's listening, I just want to say thanks to Graham for um, his good attitude about uh, sharing uh, beer and brewing information. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because it does. Uh, it's a good segue into my next comment. Um, he is very generous, uh, not only with his information and his programming and with just supporting beer. He has the same philosophy that we do, that if it helps beer and it's good for beer, let's do it. Right? Yeah. Well, I mentioned to you guys that I'm going to try to get other beer shows onto the Brewing Network, too. And, and I don't want to carry their podcast or their archive or anything else. I just want to broadcast it live streaming, right? And... Um, uh, we're apparently the black sheep of the beer show community because I'm getting rejected left and right by these people. <laughs> I write to them and I just say, hey, I, I, I do the Brewing Network, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to take anything away from your show or what you do or your users. I just want to broadcast it, give you a new audience, uh, to, you know, kind of make a place that people know they can tune in all the time and find beer stuff. They, they don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> oh, maybe you're not asking the right way. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be as nice as I can. And I, I pretty much think if you look around at the other beer shows, too, they all kind of link to each other. They have links to to each other. You can click right to, to one's page from the other. We're the black sheep. None of them say shit about our show. There's not <laughs> one link on one beer website in the in the entire universe. I welcome that. That's awesome. <laughs> that, uh, that has us linked to it. And I'm... I've never said anything bad about anybody's show. I've, you know, never attacked anybody about their shows. I never, so it's not that we've offended anybody directly. They just don't like us. I just think they don't like us. You know, maybe, maybe you should have Danielle ask. I think, I, you know, right. I was <laughs> thinking the same thing. Yeah, God, that'd be hot. Well, I can try again. I'll have Daniela call them. I'm just sending emails and they're responding, you know, within a couple days. Yeah, no, Daniela needs to. Yeah. Get some leverage in there. You want to try, Daniela? No. (laughs) She doesn't want anything to do with it. (laughs) So uh, I had a great show lined up. Even though he said no, I'll still say the guy's show is great. It was a good wine show for this uh, Wine Wednesday thing that I had going, which people told me was gay, by the way. Uh, But we wanted to do Wine Wednesdays just to get a little variety in there. And uh, the first show I had lined up, he said no. Wow. He said, I'm about to get sponsorship right now, and I don't want anything to mess that up. Okay. That's basically what he said. So We'll do our own wine show. We don't need you, stupid. Yeah, I got wine. We got wine people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I figure, and that's uh, glad you said that, John, because that brings me to my uh, conclusion of this. Uh, F them if they want to be on the yeah. show. Uh, we're just gonna. It's gonna be a little more work. Might take a little more time, but we're just gonna create our own shows. Wine's a lot harder than beer, so yeah. I mean, but not just wine. We're gonna have other beer shows too. Okay. So we're just gonna have to do our own. Um, 
Eventually, people will start saying yes. <laughs> if they don't, they're retarded. Because I'm telling you, we got a lot of people listening out there, and all they're going to do is expose themselves more. Right. We love to expose ourselves on here. <laughs> really? The Beer and Stuff yeah. Variety Show has already been added. We're going to be doing that Fridays at noon, and that's me and JP that's from, scary. Uh, from more you beer. You two in the yeah. studio together? Yeah. Don't, if you don't want to listen to us waffle on, if you want like strict beer information... Go somewhere else. Jamil show. Yeah, don't tune in that. <laughs> tune in the Jamil show, which is going to be Mondays at uh, 10 a.m. Nine a.m. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Uh, Mondays at 10 a.m. Uh, if you want some some fun and some laughter and and gay jokes, bullshit. Yeah, uh, you can turn into the beer and stuff variety show Fridays at noon. <laughs> it's mostly That's stuff. Myself and JP. I will turn on. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Danielle, I appreciate Look at that, that. support. Uh, awesome. She's talking to me again. Get That's that necklace. Nice. Uh, the, of course, <laughs> the big giveaway coming, uh, you gotta listen in January to qualify, and then, uh, we're gonna give it away in February, uh, is a full kegging system, courtesy of Northern Brewer. They have donated, uh, CO2 system, kegs, lines, the whole bit. All you need is the fridge to put it in. You know and, you uh, wanna do it, this is, yeah, this we've is had listeners chance. call in and say, man, I'm sick of bottling, but I can't afford a, a kegging system. We're going to give you one, and courtesy of northernbrewer.com. Yeah. Someone that needs it, hopefully. We'll, yeah. yeah. We'll make some regulations. I mean, uh, I mean, one of them will be just to ask you nicely. If you already have a kegging system, you know, don't don't try to win it. Be cool. Let the other people do it. If you don't, like I remember there was a guy called in from Vegas, older guy, real, real tight budget. Yeah. Um, Wanted some form of of getting his beer to a keg to be you know even cheaper than bottles. He, he didn't even want to buy bottles and, and caps and stuff anymore. And we told him, look, you're going to have to buy a kegging system, and he couldn't. So I'm rooting for this guy to yeah. be up there in the qualifiers. Hopefully, he's going to try. Um, so yeah, big giveaway. I wonder if he had gambling money though. Well, if you remember, I told him to take his rent and go try to double it on the uh, on one hand of blackjack. That was so horrible of you. <laughs> well, hey, man, he could have, you know, it, it one your keg no. system right there. That's right. It, no, say his rent was five hundred bucks. No, thousand dollars. If he gets a blackjack, it's more. It's like uh, twelve fifty or something. <laughs> you didn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Seriously. So uh, I don't know. You're a gambling fool, Jay. Hey, I say let it ride. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> you should take the BN uh, credit card away from me, John. We don't have one. Oh. The people in the <laughs> chat room are wondering if you're going to buy me a pearl necklace. <laughs> I, I had mentioned that to Eric over here. That, that's a giveaway. You, you deserve it. Uh, yeah. I'll vouch for that. You do deserve a pearl necklace, Daniela. <laughs> You don't know what they're talking about, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then fr- from that point on, I can't. He, Justin will be Justin will be referred to as the jeweler. Yeah. I could imagine. I can't yeah. imagine. But I don't know. I think if I, if it's correct, what I think they're talking about, then I actually want one. <laughs> yeah, that, that web gallery is going to get a lot of hits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, if you want to do a little research, uh, I have it on a video in our in my shelf in the in the room. What's the name of that band too? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, ZZ, ZZ Top. Pearl, no, no, Pearl ZZ, Jam, right? Yeah, no, but ZZ Pearl Top Jam, does a song called Pearl Necklace. Oh, they do? Uh, nice. I'll have to try to find that at the break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe I'll play that. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, lastly, because we are going to take a break. we got to take a, a quick break. Uh, new website's going to be up. That's right. I'm designing a new website that is a version of the same website, but it will be cleaner, more concise, more information jammed into there, more efficient, less... Uh, I don't know, less of the crap that's on it now, I guess. Um, new Plus, web pages. Jamil will have his own page up there. Doc is going to do a gadget corner where he's going to evaluate a new gadget each month, yeah, whether pe- one that's home built or not. People, people, 
want to be sending us stuff to evaluate uh, their new gadgets, like the guy with the the hop stopper, and they said you evaluate it and put it out on the show, let people know about it. And that's what, one of the things we'll be doing. Yeah. Uh, if you've got something you want me to evaluate or you got an idea, you can send it to me. Uh, we can put pictures up on that with a link on the website. Yeah. All kinds of cool stuff. Now are they going to get it back? No. no. <laughs> of course. Well, not. you can just send me pictures of it. <laughs> I say send it. And don't give it back. Don't give it back. So we got that. The Gadget Corner will be coming up. Uh, John's already recorded one video, and uh, I've got another <laughs> one planned. This afternoon. Uh, hopefully Called that will Pearl be up Brew. by January also. <laughs> yeah. He did that this afternoon. Nice. Oh, it's called Cream Ale. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I just heard what a pearl necklace is. <laughs> Should see the look on her face. Oh my god, <laughs> she looks happy. Yeah. No, no, that was the, that was the, the, the shock on her face. <laughs> it's good for your skin. Yeah, I told you, you deserve it. I'm quitting my job here at the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, all right, so the guys in the chat room are just looking out for you. Yeah, that's right. They're just trying to help. Be about Let's go be on a break. All right, quick break. When we come back, we're going to be tasting Devel. Uh, so get yours ready. And also, Dennis from Innovative Homebrew Solutions will be calling in in about 20 minutes to talk to us about his Hopstopper, which we're evaluating also. I don't know which Weird Al Yankovic, uh, I forgot which one you left. I found uh, The Night Santa Went Crazy. That's the one you wanted? All right, here's a little Weird Al for the break. It'll be a short one. Take a leak. We'll be right back. You're listening to Three Guys. Excuse me? What about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. All right, we're back. Hope you got your uh, Duvel ready. It's a good one to taste this week. I think we're going to get some good flavors out of it. Can't open the thing, man. You can't get that sucker open. Use your teeth. Fancy. Use your teeth. Come on, you sissy. sissy. Give me that, John. Let, let, let the black belt take yeah, care of this. Give it to uh, Samurai the, Doc the over there. The chosen one. Whoa. He just po- oh, heads up. Start drinking, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, just as the thing was foaming over, Doc started stroking the bottle. That's just bad, dude. I'll tell you, he did it like a pro, though. <laughs> Apparently has practiced that trick before. It was uh, quick, though. It was <laughs> pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> If you've got any questions about your uh, Duvel there, feel free to call us up during this tasting, 888-401-BEER, or you can join us in the chat room. While we're getting ours poured, I just want to mention real quick, one way you can help the Brewing Network is by filling out a survey for us that we've put up on our main page. Uh, It's also in the forum. Uh, It's right there. Go to our main page. You can click on on survey, and uh, it just would really help us to figure out uh, who you are and give us a chance to... Uh, get some sponsorship in here to to help us grow and, and stick around and also give us a chance to, to help you because the more we know about you, the better we can plan programming for you. So please fill out the survey if you've not done it already. You have no idea how much that simple action will help. And it only takes about five minutes. It's a real short one. Ask some of the other people who have done it already. They'll tell you. All right. So uh, we're getting our Duvel poured here. Now, we've got it in the snifter glasses. Uh, it's it's how a, a Belgian is supposed to be drunk traditionally, and it's got a little etching at the bottom of the snifter so that the carbonation really focuses from that etching and, and, and spouts up to the middle. 
Uh, although you can taste it out of a regular glass just as well. Mm-hmm. Have you tasted it yet, John? Or you no. just kind of get what do you what smell are you getting out of it? Mm. You know, sour smell, kind of a grainy. Now this the Duvel is like the industry standard for for Belgians, right? It's like the Sierra Nevada kind of thing. It's of, a very popular of, uh, one, very easy to get. Okay. Lots of distribution. Most mm-hmm. people can find it. Although I did see quite a few postings say that people couldn't find it. Mm, that's I did awesome. see that. It's really good, huh? All right, why don't you talk about the flavors? Can I try yours, Eric? Yeah. Mr. Beer? Let me give a little taste here to myself. Well, I get like a... Super foamy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like most Belgians. Bottle are, conditioned. Yeah. Very carbonated. Okay. Probably 3.2 volumes, maybe a little more. Smells a lot like a, like a vice beer. Mm-hmm. Get a lot of... They do use a fair banana. amount of wheat in Belgians. Usually it's unmalted wheat, which is kind of, if you're tasting a sharp, kind of tangy mm. flavor to it, a lot of unmalted wheat will give you that. Okay. It, it dries it out. It's kind of a kind of a sharp tang. Yeah, it is sour. It is sharp. It's kind of sour. When it first get, it hits my tongue, I, um, it's almost all banana to me, but it really quickly turns into that tangy flavor, mm-hmm. and especially the, the then the aftertaste moves to the back of the, of the tongue and becomes sour. Mm-hmm. And very dry. It just... Yeah, it just vanishes. Mm-hmm. Now that's all yeast producing that sour and uh, banana. Yeah, the yeast p- p- produces the banana. No, the, the sourness is from the unmalted wheat. Yeah, okay. Usually in the Belgian, that's what you'll get that from. That's that sour after. It's very highly after. carbonated, so it, it kind of is really crisp. You get to get that from the carbonic acid in there. Okay. Also, <laughs> yeah, the the fruity stuff that you're tasting, the bananas, that's from the yeast. Yeah. Uh, it's very dry, and that's usually from a lot of sugar in there because sugar will ferment all the way out. Okay. So you get a very dry beer that way. So you can start out with a high gravity. If it's got a lot of adjunct, like a lot of sugar, Yeah. Uh, it'll it'll ferment down to 1008 or something very dry. Candy sugar in the Belgians usually? They'll use whatever they can to get it down. Cane sugar, candy sugar. It's hmm. Uh, that was one big thing on the forum is how expensive candy sugar is, and do you yeah. need to use it? No, you don't. You just need unrefined sugar. No, refined sugar. Oh, re- refined. Yeah. You can use tur- turbinado sugar if you want to, but that's going to give you something. And this one you wouldn't want to because it's got too much molasses in it. Just go down to the Starbucks and stuff your pockets. Right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> With the sugar. That's what I would do if you're mm. looking to save on cash, you know? Well, you can use corn or cane sugar, either one. You can use uh, syrup. Okay. I wonder how popular this particular beer is in in Belgium. I don't know. Well, the Duvel, you know, Belgium has over six hundred beers. Yeah, and although they like them a lot, they still have their Budweiser. They still got their Pilsner. Yeah, that is they drink a lot of. That's the more popular. Yeah. But I wonder, you know, like for example, you know. Americans think that Foster's is the Australian beer, but if you go to Australia, Foster's isn't the Australian beer. So what I'm what I mean is, I wonder if Duvel is a big name in Belgium as one of their, you know, what they consider a quality beer, or if they think it's crap, so they export it. <laughs> Get rid of it. <laughs> Get the stupid Americans to buy it. You know, I'd be curious. We do have some listeners in Belgium. I saw some. Mm-hmm. Um, they they've subscribed to our podcast. I'd be interested to know if you're listening to this. Yeah, uh, what the popularity is of it. Send me an email. Let me know about uh, Duvel in Belgium. Also, what the uh, the in country. Duvel is versus what they actually export. How different are the two? Yeah, absolutely. They do do it in a brown bottle, so that's always a plus right there. And um, usually corked. So. Corked, absolutely. And lots of different size bottles. You can get the... I saw a regular... Uh, Eight, uh, 10 ounce bottles yeah. there that are not corked. They're capped. They're capped. Uh, uh, this the, one that we have here is a 22 and it is corked. And they do two different size magnums. Oh, okay. They do a champagne size 
one, a big one, that, and a really big one. Gotcha. That's, uh, I don't know how many milliliters that is, but it's, it's a good two feet, two and a half feet tall. It's big. Okay. I'm already getting a buzz. Really? Oh, yeah. You're such a sissy. You've had like two sips of that thing. I had a couple of beers before. He spent man. today. Come on. <laughs> so the side <laughs> of the bottle says, uh, <laughs> refreshing go and somewhere. golden, like yeah. a pilsner, but with flavor. <laughs> that's <what it> says. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'll tell you, at the that's break, I had something refreshing and golden, if you know what I mean. Man, did I have to pee. Oh. <laughs> that's why you said your balls hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John's like, how you doing in the show today? I'm like, I'm all right. My balls hurt. <laughs> I, I sat on him wrong the whole first segment. That's why you're so uptight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to get you a cup for the show. I need one of those those chairs, especially when it's hot in here. Uh, you know, like the pregnant pillow that has the hole for the belly? I need a, a sack chair that has like a on. hole for my ears. Have you ever seen those on bicycle seats where they yeah. they make the hole in, in the middle of the bicycle seat? I need that for my studio chair because it happens often. I don't usually talk about it. <laughs> you do but now. I, but I thought, what the hell, right? <laughs> Since we're not on the subject. Uh, all right. <laughs> Just a segue right into yeah. that. Why don't we start talking gadgets, huh? Let's get off of my gadgets and yeah. on to Doc's. <laughs> Um, I know that in a few minutes, uh, actually, why don't we go ahead and, and start with this? Uh, hopefully he's listening. Dennis from Innovative Homebrew Solutions, why don't you give us a call, 888-401-BEER, and we're going to start, uh, I think, with your gadget right here. Uh, I told him to call in right around 6.15, so hopefully we'll hear from him. Now, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. If you're just tuning in, basically what the deal is, and by the way, you can go to ihomebrewsolutions.com and see pictures of this particular gadget. There's a link on your web page, yeah, Right on our main page, there's a link. You can click that so you can get a look at it. But uh, here's the deal. It's a fine mesh screen wrapped around a piece of copper tubing. And it's designed to go in kettles that have um, this spout at the bottom, like a – what do you call that guy? Keg. Well, no, no. But, I mean, the, the, <laughs> there's another name for spout. You guys don't say spout. Oh. something else. Um, ball valve? The ball, ball valve and all the welded uh, it, – got to have that to use this thing. So my kettle, which I do on my stove in a partial boil, uh, I can't do it. Um, you this, can't, yeah, you can't use, you really use a, a wrecking cane for this. But the deal is uh, it's designed mostly for a kettle that has those things and then also has a concave bottom. So you got to have a little uh, dent in the bottom, and the tube then goes from your spout uh, right to the bottom, and it's surrounded by this uh, mesh steel. And it looks like it'll get right to the bottom of, of whatever your kettle is, and it really uh, strains out the wort. Like it, uh, We saw some pictures on the website. <laughs> Doc, you are a bad influence, man. <laughs> I'll try to keep a straight. Straight face while Doc is uh, mocking the using the thing as a bong. <laughs> it, it does sort of uh, look like a bong. Yeah, is that Dennis on the line there? Mm. Dennis, yes, you're on is. the air. How are you, buddy? Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? Awesome. Uh, doing just fine. Nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, where are you guys located with Innovative Homebrew Solutions? We are in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, okay. Nice. And uh, how's the weather treating you there right now? It's a little cold, but uh, we're still brewing. Okay, well, that's what's important right there. <laughs> and is Innovative Homebrew Solutions a full-time gig for you guys? No, it's uh, it's part-time for me. I started the company earlier this year um, just so that hopefully someday I can call myself a professional homebrewer. There you go. That's a good idea. It's almost yeah. uh, it's almost opposite to say those two things, but uh, <laughs> I guess uh, <laughs> it is nice to become a professional homebrewer. Uh, okay. Well, we want to know uh, about this device. Um, 
we've we've got one here in the studio, and you've been kind enough to uh, you're going to give one away to a listener today too. Is that right? Yes, we are. Very cool. And what Dennis has said would be the best thing to do is uh, whoever our winner is today, and uh, we're going to figure out how we do that here real short, uh, real soon. Uh, whoever our winner is today, you're going to send your kettle specs right to Dennis, and he's going to custom make one for you and ship it out. So I'm going to tell you, uh, Dennis, you know that we haven't used it. We weren't able to coordinate that Um but just by looking at it, and Doc had the same impression as I did, it looks like a real simple and really effective gadget for getting out clean wort. It is extremely effective. We have really put it to the test. Um, I can tell you a couple weeks ago I was at a buddy's house who's, who's using one, and he was brewing up an Imperial IPA, and he put over a pound of leaf hops in his kettle into a converted keg. Okay. And uh, other than what the hops actually soaked up, I mean, there was virtually no wort left in the kettle, and... The word was troop-free. Wow. No kidding. So it just comes out real clear. It's really a fine mesh screen, I'll tell you that. And if you, like I said, if you go to iHomebrewSolutions.com, you can see some pictures there. Um, it's got a lot of surface area, so which is, it, clogging it, is probably minimal. Now that's, I've never, personally, I've never had it clog with basically any hop bill. Of course, you could you know, throw four pounds of hops in your kettle and probably clog it, but okay. I haven't been able to clog it yet. Okay. Now, that was my question, because even though it has a real wide surface area, what what's the circumference uh, uh, about this, this thing? Do you know? It's about eight and a half to nine inches in diameter. Okay. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's sort of folded up into its own little structure so that it, it, key, it holds its form. Right. And that form is to hold, uh, to create a space inside of it so that dip tube can come into that hole on the side and right. you said you took some pictures of it yeah anyway you, you can go to the website and you can check it out anyway okay. the dip tube comes down and it'll sit right down at the bottom of the kettle so uh, and it'll even screen out pellet hops really okay gotcha which uh, is what so most once of us it's are all using. done draining uh there's no wort left in the kettle and the top of that screen sort of cradles all the hops that are that were floating around in the boil gotcha yeah, it yeah. looks like, I mean, you don't even have to do a whirlpool when you have this thing because every bit of wort that you're getting out is having to run through this screen. So, yeah, a whirlpool would be a complete waste of time. Yeah. Well, you this, could do this, one if you wanted to, but, but why? Yeah. This, has a du- <laughs> this has a double advantage to it. It not only strains everything out, but it's got a dip tube that goes all the way to the bottom of the keg and works like a siphon to get, a, to get the last little bit out. Right. Correct. Because most of, most of the ball valves and everything aren't at the bottom of the keg, so you're going to leave a dead space in the bottom, and this actually dips all the way down, so you're getting, mm-hmm. you're getting a two-fold situation. Yeah. yeah, most of the kettle screens on the market now, they, they don't have dip tubes in them, and you find people that have to tilt their kettles yep. or, uh, or something like that, and the fact is most of those screens are just really, really small, and I haven't seen any of them that will actually effectively screen pallet hops. Okay. And I guarantee, I guarantee the hop stopper to screen pellet hops or whole hops or whatever you want to throw at it. John, by the way, right now is beating the crap out of it. <laughs> what are you doing over there, buddy? <laughs> You're just, just like swatting just, away. You know, just checking, you know. Checking the, taking the durability. Durability and seeing how it handles. And it's, well, you go know, for it. Maintenance can, you know, it's holding cleaning up. and stuff, you know, and yeah. John's a, John's a sissy, though, but it's holding up to his slapping. Thanks. <laughs> so clean, well, be, cleaning it generally, uh, just a high-pressure water spray? That's have, all I do, yeah. yeah. I mean, I am a home brewer, so I, I've got one in my setup, and I use it all the time, and uh, I basically just hold it up and, and uh, put my thumb over the end of the hose, get a real high-pressure jet on there, and just hose out whatever's in there. 
because the edge is sort of folded up, yeah. you know, that the edge is crimped all the way around, that will trap water, and if you leave it in a damp place, it, it will probably mold on you, so it's always good to... If you have an air compressor, you can blow it out okay. or just throw it in the oven for, I don't know, 20 minutes or something just to dry it out. Oh, right. That's a good idea. Yeah. You ever tried to smoke out of that thing, Dennis? Because <laughs> <laughs> it just it looks like a no, little bit. They actually make things for that, Justin. You don't have to do that. Oh. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, why don't we talk about um, installation and use and all that? Uh, like, you know, I'm already getting questions about it. Got them from the beginning well, of the I'd show. Like, How is it attached to the cable? Well, yeah, and, and right after that, I'd like to know all the other applications you got. This one looks like it's for just a kettle for from a keg. And you say you can, well, that you was what it was originally designed for. Um, basically, any kettle that has threads available on the interior of the mm-hmm. of the kettle itself. So, all the converted kegs that you buy online from any of the online vendors usually have right. a full coupling that's welded to the outside. Right. Mm-hmm. And that means it has threads on the outside and the inside. Okay. So you would screw a ball valve to the outside of the keg, and the inside you would screw this compression fitting that you guys can see on the on the unit itself, yeah. you screw that into into the, the coupling, and then the, the tube on the hop stopper slides into there, and then you screw that down and crimp it down, and then it's installed. And then once it's installed, you can unscrew it and take it out and put it in. You know, it's, it's made to be taken out again, but the fitting itself always stays in place. Oh, okay. Now, many of your flat-bottom kettles that some of the uh, major vendors sell yeah. typically don't have threads available on the inside, which is mm. kind of a shame because they're... Oh. Yeah, you need a full coupler. Uh, that's a nice thing to have. Um, there are plenty of weldless fittings you can buy if you really wanted to install one. You just, you know, drill a hole. Well, that's <laughs> okay. Right. That can be a little unnerving, is to drill a nice hole into your brand new kettle. But uh, yeah, true. If you want to put a dip tube in there, you're that's sort of what you're stuck with. Okay. All right. You can always have a full coupling welded in too. Yeah. Yes, you can do that too. Yeah. Okay. And each hop stopper uh, you you make to spec. If they, they you actually ask for the measurements of of whoever's kettle and and make them yeah. each to spec, right? Because that dip tube needs to go right down to the bottom of the kettle. Everybody's kettles is a little bit different, right. so we'll go ahead and bend that tube to exactly what it is. And there's tip, you know, there's only a few different measurements for a converted keg. It's usually three and a half inches. Okay. Um, and most people that buy these have converted kegs. I have had a few customers. Use the flat bottom kettles. Um, one guy actually worked at a university and had he took it into their machine shop and had them tap threads on the other side of the coupling that was welded in, just so he could he could use the uh, the hop stopper. In oh, it. nice! It is convenient. Uh, someone from the chat room wants to know how fast is the flow through the hop stopper? It's got a half inch tube, so it's going to depend on you know how high up your kettle is sitting and how low the carboy is that you're draining into. Um, it's totally a function of the restriction on the outlet of the kettle itself. Okay. So however fast you can, you know, a friend of mine has got a pump on his system, and he pumps out of the kettle through his chiller. Yeah. And, you know, he pumps, shoot, three or four gallons a minute through that thing. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you tried it with a pump. Yeah. Yes, we have tried it with a pump. Um, He used a pump on that day that uh, he put a pound of hops in his kettle. Okay. And you still, even with the with the amount of flow the pump is is getting, you're still not having any trouble with flow. It doesn't get caught not up. Not a bit. I have okay. not had any trouble with it yet. All right. So would you encourage people to just dump their hop sacks all together and just throw pellets straight into the boil with this? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not only are you going to get a better hop utilization from having the the hop pellets in the, in the solution itself. Yep. 
Um, but you won't have to screw around with cleaning those bags. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hate hot bags. That is a great point. The hot bags are a pain, and mine they all are stink too because well, you leave them wet. I've seen John have a few mishaps with them. Yeah, I used to burn them on the bottom of my yep. boil kettle, and they'll bur- and then they'll just bust open anyway. That's I've true. had that happen, and and but uh, Dennis also brings up a good point that we've talked about in here before. The actual churning of hops in a boil mm-hmm. is part of getting uh, more out of your hops. It's it's about getting more efficiency, and you need that churning to happen. In, in order to get all those acids out mm-hmm. of your hops, so absolutely being able to throw out your hop bags, I I really like this idea. You know, to to strain and just have a bunch of hops in there. Oh, Mister yeah. Beer, are you using hop bags right I'm now? I'm using hop bags, and yeah. you know, I let those things sit you know, maybe a day, two yeah. after, yeah. after you oh, know. Well, yeah. if you try to if you try to clean them right away, they're hot. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've burned myself a couple times. But those trying to get cold, stuff. hard. You know, yeah. hop bags. That's the worst. Yeah, that's yeah. the worst. Absolutely. Well, so it's a good way to get rid of that. I like that. How much uh, is someone going to pay for this bad boy uh, through your site? Uh, it lists for sixty dollars on the website. Sixty bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and considering what it does and the trouble it is to make it, you'd be surprised. It looks simple, but uh, right. I've spent a long time trying to get that thing. The first one that I made just had sort of pieces of screen hanging off the edge, and yeah. it was deadly. And so it this one, this one's got me a couple to, times too. In in looking at it, I'm I'm guessing that your biggest difficulty manufacturing is actually getting that screen formed the way you have it. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually, folded up pretty nice is, around there. Is right that now. a weldless fold? Or? Yes, there are, there are no welds on it. No welds. Okay. All right. No welds, uh, and it's the screen itself is a hundred percent stainless steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing for the, for the one that you guys have, there's a brass fitting. Yeah. Uh, the compression fitting. That's what holds it in the kettle, and there's a copper dip tube. That's the stock one. I also do have one that's available in an all stainless steel. It's, it'll have a stainless steel dip tube and a stainless steel okay. compression fitting. And how much is that one? The same? That one's ninety dollars. That one's ninety. Okay, pay more for the materials there. Yep. The uh, that compression fitting is very expensive in stainless steel, so that's that's most of the upgrade on that. Now, the one that you're using right now um, mm-hmm. for on your home system, how much abuse has that been through? How long you been using the same one? I'm curious how how it's holding up. If it requires the original, the original one that I invented when I first uh, built my my latest brewery, I've been using since two thousand and one. Okay, and so it's it's had hundreds of gallons of beer through it. Okay, um, I've got one out in the field now. Uh, this year alone has had over four hundred gallons of beer through it. Okay, gotcha. so it's it's been it's been beat up. Okay, does it, it maintain the concept its shape? Itself, uh, since the last little iteration on the design, uh, the one that I have, the one that I'm using right now is actually fairly new. Okay. Uh, Eric, but I've still got the original. It's, I'm going to frame it and put it on the wall or something. How, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> How well does it maintain its shape? Uh, I guess it depends on uh, how much you're going to beat it up. Uh, <laughs> right. I haven't had any problem with it if you you know hurl it against a wall. or. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose if you put it on the ground and you stepped on it, yeah, um, you could collapse the top of that thing. It would still work. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have one customer who insists that it works better with the with the top cone pushed down towards the dip tube, so it almost inverts itself. Okay, I got you. Uh, but I, 
I don't believe him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By the way, the link uh, for the particular gadget we're talking about, which is called the Hop Stopper, is www.ihomebrewsolutions.com. And you can also find that link right on our main page at thebrewingnetwork.com. You can click uh, and go straight through to it or just punch it in. ihomebrewsolutions.com runs for $60. It's... Without having used it by by looking at it, it's got my vote for a good gadget and a, and a pretty effective gadget. Um, I, what I would like to have happen is the person who's going to win this today actually do an evaluation for us and 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 send us that so that we can put up a, a, yeah. a, you know an in use evaluation. And, that sounds like a great idea. You know, I think we'll I think we'll do that. Um, I don't think you'll be disappointed. And the other thing is I'm about to convert a keg myself, so I think this one is going to fit for that, Dennis, and I'll do my own evaluation there. Well, that worked uh, out nice for you, didn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> I was like, hey, I guess I'll go ahead and get that keg done now. <laughs> well, we uh, we are a fairly new company, so you know, shows like yours and word of mouth is going to be our best advertising to get it out in the marketplace and, and really get to really make the name catch on. And so mm-hmm. any, you know, Definitely put it to its test, and, and okay. I'm going to put both up. the positive and negatives in there, just so you know. You That's know. fine. Okay, all right. That's fine. I, I need to hear all that, and if there are any negatives, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a design engineer by trade, so okay. You know, we can make changes to it too. You but offer? I haven't heard any complaints so far. Do you guys offer a warranty if that screen unravels or anything else? Will you? Will you... Absolutely. If it doesn't work for you, I will take it back. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. What do you guys think? I am think? very confident. Doc, you like that thing? I like that thing. It's very promising. Uh, especially, I use a lot of pellet hops. And those are a bear to screen out. Mm-hmm. It yeah. will work for you. I, I got to tell you, I have That's a, all I use. Okay. I have a uh, a, a competing solution that I, I wish I would have known this existed because I'm I'm rather unhappy with my current setup. So mm-hmm. right. I, I think I see one of these in my future. Yeah. Now John's got the got the uh, uh, plate. What do you say? Diverter plate. The diverter plate at the bottom of his kettle, which I know works real well. And a whirlpool. And whirlpool, yeah. right? To get in the middle. But I'm thinking that this one would even be a cleaner solution. Have all of it. You're still getting some out, right? Yeah. 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 So, but this I'm, is like all trube left behind. Well, yeah, you'll get more. I mean, you still get some cold break and some trube that transfers to your fermenter, yeah. even though you whirlpool or you get your cold break yeah. back into your boil kettle. Yeah, you're still getting some. So I would have all of it. Yeah. Have that and the diverter plate. Yep. Yeah. Go super, yeah. Well, because this thing, this dip tube is going, you'd have to have... You you can notch out a little slot in your diverter plate so that half-inch, you know, copper tubing comes out and let it sit in your boil kettle. Be fine. Come right through. Because I have the same thing. I have a whirlpool and I have a diverter plate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking, well, how am I going to get that through there without, you know, I've got to notch that diverter plate. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense because then the tube is sticking right into where all your hops are going to have ma- made their mountain. It won't matter with this thing on there anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't need a diver. It's you're, right. You're just being redundant. The department C Less redundancy more, right? department. We can't hey, take I'm the just, diverter plate just, out now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. You're stuck yeah. with yours yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, uh, ihomebrewsolutions.com. Check it out. And uh, you can order right from the website, I assume? Yes. Okay. All right. We're going to give you a full evaluation. Uh, here's what I was thinking uh, for giving it away. We've never done this kind of a giveaway, and, and unfortunately we're going to have to uh, clear up the phone line. 
But we've never done the old traditional, like, caller number five. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're one. No, uh, two. Yeah. So we, uh, what I like about that is it allows us to hang up on four people. Like, they call up and we say, no. <laughs> Too soon. So close. <laughs> and then actually get to caller number five and, and give it away um, to someone. Uh, do you ship a, a question from the chat room? Will you ship to the Southern Hemisphere? Uh, I, it is so hideously expensive and the paperwork is, no. No. <laughs> so are we talking? Not uh, yet. I, I, that's not something I've pursued. Okay. Uh, if I, if I got enough interest down there, uh, down under or wherever, um, that's something I will definitely look at. Okay. For this particular prize giveaway then today, um, should we, are, are we then keeping it to, uh, North America? Yeah, lower 48 would be nice. Okay, the continental U.S. <laughs> How about that? So, okay. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize you guys were so worldwide. We are, yeah. Uh, we've got Australians in the chat room right now, Canadians. Um, Netherlands. You name it. Okay. Got any Japanese? Australia. Here's, Japanese. All right, how about this? How about this? Uh, the Brewing Network will pay for the shipping to, to whatever uh, one of these countries. Um, Let's do if, it. If you can, if you'll include everybody, we'll we'll cover the shipping. How about that? Sure. Okay. Because I don't want to exclude these guys. They're they're with us all the time. And uh, heck, you never know, man. They, they talk about this thing over there, and uh, you could you could sell a lot more. Open so. a whole other market. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, well, someone wants to know if you make something like that to use in mash tuns. You know, I'd have I'd had some uh, inquiries about uh, mash tun use, and I suppose if you wanted to. You could rig that particular model up and just stick it in your mash tun and actually see if it works. Um, mm -hmm. That's not something that I've uh, played with much. Okay. Um, I think you need some I, support. Probably a little yeah. overkill for a mash tun, frankly. Uh, yeah. I don't think you need that fine of a screen. I, I think the grain would grain crush, the, crush the screen crush the screen down. You wouldn't have a dead and space. And you would. It would it, the, the screen is strong, but it's not strong to hold up. Uh, Ten pounds, pounds of green. Yeah, you know, I tend to be a madman with that mash paddle anyway, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Another question, I don't know if we answered this directly. How do you get both a ball valve and the hop stopper attached to a kettle? He says that my kettle uses a pipe nipple. He said nipple. That uh, pretty much <laughs> yummy. It pretty much uses all the thread on the fitting. So how would he be able to get both? Would he need to change his fitting? Yeah, a full coupling on your kettle mm -hmm. means that there's threads on both sides. Okay, gotcha. So that that full coupling on if it if you have a full coupling, that means there's thread on the outside for the ball valve, and there's threads on the inside for whatever you want to attach. And in this case, and they, it's they're the usually hopper. they're usually at least an inch, inch and a half long. If yeah. you've got a at short least. one, a half inch one, it's a half coupling. Yeah, your ball valve's going to probably screw all the way in there. Yeah, and, you could pick up a union there and get the two right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you want to unite your ball valve to your nipple is what we're that's saying here, right? A yeah, union yeah. system. <laughs> and get a coupling. Okay, uh, so that's what I think we're going to do, Dennis. We're going to give it away. And here's the other regulation. Uh, you heard us talk about what type of kettle. Um, a converted keg, if you got one of those, you're definitely in the running for this guy. You're going to want to call. Um, if you've got a, what did we say, if it's a flat-bottom regular kettle without fittings, you're out. Uh, don't even bother calling up to win this because it, it, it won't. Well, in unless you want to put a, a weldless fitting or get it converted for you. Okay. Um you, right. you can always do that, but you got to be prepared to drill a hole and have it worked on. Okay. 
So iHomebrewSolutions.com is where you can purchase it. Uh, we're going to let Dennis go, and then we're going to take caller number five is going to win the Hop Stopper, and uh, Dennis will ship it to you. Uh, everybody is eligible. Uh, Brewing Network will, will cover it. Um, and he will actually custom make it for your kettle. So we're just going to need you to uh, send us all the information, and then we'll communicate with Dennis to get you the right product. How about that? That would be a great Christmas present. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Dennis, I, I really appreciate uh, Glad you contacted me about this item. Well, I, I appreciate uh, all you guys do. You're doing a great thing for home brewing in the world of beer. Come on, you never listened to us before this show. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will now. Yeah, okay. Right. No, I, I think it's a very good product, really, very promising. Yeah, I, I am a home brewer first okay. and a home brew entrepreneur second. So, all right, well, that's uh, important. That's important. Yes. I'd like you to keep letting us know about uh, whatever you guys do over there at uh, iHomebrew Solutions. Just um, you bet. keep us informed, and we'll, we'll check them out, you know? We'll do it. Okay. Uh, thanks very much, Dennis. I will be in contact with you about our winner. Really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. There you go. Dennis from Innovative Homebrew Solutions at www.ihomebrewsolutions.com. The phone line is now open. Caller number five. Daniela, your instructions are to say, no, sir. Nine. <laughs> Hang up to, uh. Hello, this is Daniela with the Brewing Network. Oh, you're not, you're not being, you're not following my instructions. Hello. This is Daniela and unfortunately I have to say, no, sir. Nine. Nick. <laughs> yeah, I just hung up on the poor person. This is the fun part. That's the only time we get to hang up on people. Uh, that was caller number one. Caller number five will win it. 888-401-BEER. No, sir. <laughs> that was good. That's Daniela, two. Daniela feels real bad about it. <laughs> she likes it. Call it in. Uh, okay, we will not announce any more of the callers because then it will become unfair. 888-401-BEER. No one wants to call in next now. I won't tell you if somebody's on the phone or not. I've turned off Daniela's microphone, so now you don't know. 888-401-BEER. Caller number five is going to win it. Daniela's crying about hanging up on people. Feel free to call back if you got hung up on. Uh, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, really. Someone's got redial going. Mm. 888-401-BEER. The next caller wins. I'm going to tell you that right now. The next caller gets the hop stopper from Innovative Homebrew Solutions. And then we're going to get on with our gadget uh, show. Mm. Let me just put him right on the air. Mm. Caller, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, sir. How's it going? It's going great. You're caller number five, my friend. All right. Yeah. Uh, who are we talking to? This is MedTech. MedTech. How are you, buddy? Good. And where are you from, MedTech? I don't remember. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Uh, yep. The sunny eastern coast. Not so sunny. Oh, yeah, real sunny. <laughs> Did you have to shovel your driveway this morning, MedTech? Nope. No. It's just all ice. Oh. No shoveling. <laughs> okay. Uh, what kind of kettle do you have? I have a converted um, keg. You do? Oh. Perfect. This yep. will work out great. And uh, what do you do right now to filter your word? Anything? Um, nope. I use hot bags. Ah, okay. Keeps his teeth together. All right. Well, that sounds like the perfect <laughs> win to me then because now you can dump the hot bags. and uh, Definitely. Do you use a pump to transfer or just gravity? Yes, I do. You do use a pump. All right. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. You got yourself a hop stopper, my friend. All right. And when you use it, we expect you to call back in and let us know how it worked. Yeah. You, I'm going to need you to call oh, yeah. and send an email evaluation if you would, too. That way we can Definitely. Help. I'll let you guys know how it works. Take uh, some pictures and everything if you want. Okay. Awesome. Here's what you need to do. Just send me an email that uh, you were the winner, and I'll tell you how to give me the exact specs of your keg. Okay. Cool. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Matt Tech. Congratulations. All right. Cheers. 
Have a good night. You too. See you, buddy. There you go. Justin, can I make a, a comment about the hop stopper? Go for it. I use the uh, Terminator for, as, as many people are aware, I'm a big proponent of the Terminator. One of the downsides, if there is one, is that um, every bit of trube goes into my fermenter, every single bit. The Terminator, by the way, is a wort chiller. It's a, a plate. Co- counterflow plate kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It's, a plate, okay. it's a plate chiller. And all that junk goes right through it, huh? And, and, one, and again, the, the concern about plate chillers is trap particulate matter. Yeah. I, so far, I haven't had any problems, but I'm, I'm sold out just on the fact that I don't have to clean hop bags anymore. Yep. yep. I'm going to buy one of these things. All right. And um, But uh, then it dawns on me, of course, that uh, if there are uh, uh, sanitation concerns with plate chillers, that this could help alleviate that. Right. And that is one of the biggest concerns with plate chillers is that you need to, you know, you're, you're supposed to take apart the plate chiller then and, and, and thoroughly clean it. With the Therminator, you can't do you that. Can't do you that. can't take it apart. So all you can do is boil it. And hope for the best. Really kind of run some boiling water through it, some cleanser, um, but but hope that nothing's caught in there. Well, that's true. Uh, one of the things I do is immediately after using it is I heat up a kettle of PBW okay. to like 180, 190 degrees and let it – I don't have a pump. Yeah. So I let it soak in that and then I'll run hot water through it, flush it out both directions. Gotcha. Okay, but uh, a good point from Beer Pal that this guy could really kind of alleviate that problem anyway. If you're not getting any particulates through your wort chiller, a plate chiller, that's a uh, that's a plus, my friend. So, I mean, if anything, it'll it'll give you a little more longevity to the plate plate yeah. chiller. Yeah. All right, let's get uh, right right on to our next gadget, Doc. What do you want to talk about first? Oh, let's go to the first one. Uh, my uh, double water filter. Okay. Um, as, as most anything else, uh, most people want to filter their water. Yeah. Uh, and so I hate things laying on the ground. So I usually will build a stand for it, make it self-sufficient. So if you look, uh, if you guys are looking on the web page, there's uh, a couple of pictures of it. And basically I welded a stand with rubber feet. You can go right to our gallery if you didn't hear earlier. It's the gallery on the Brewing Network, and it says the Gadget Show, and they're all labeled, so you can look at the same picture we're looking at right here. And this is a dual cartridge uh, water filter. Uh, general, right now, it's just got two spun filters in it, but generally, I will have one uh, carbon filter okay. and at the end and one just spun filter to get the large particulates out of there. Now, is it necessary really to have a double filter, or is this the the docks? Uh, it's the dock overkill. Okay, thing. I was just checking. Uh, mostly is because I used to do a lot of off-site stuff. We go do big brews. I take my stuff over there, and you know, you got the garden hose. Yeah, and this will take out a lot of the, you know, whatever it might be in there, or just the utility water that you don't want to have in there. If you're going to use it for brewing water. Okay. And I hated, I had a couple of people that had, you know, the single filter and it was always laying on the ground. Yeah. You had a hose on either end of it and the thing's laying on the ground and you pull the hose and it's just clacking around on the, on the ground. And I didn't like that. So this has got a handle kind of built into it and you can just set it down. It's very stable. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't move around too much and it works quite well. Okay. For that one. All right. And mostly it was just, just to get it off the ground and be able to move it around. How much was the build cost on this thing here? Uh, whatever the, you can get the, the filters, uh, the hanging bracket, mm-hmm. uh, B3 sells those. And they sell a single one and a double one. About a hundred bucks. The bracket? Well, you see the bracket's pretty cheap. 
Okay. Uh, but the the two filter housings, yeah, is, is it that much? A hundred bucks? Well, with the housings, the filters, and the because uh, you got to buy the yeah, the and, and I you know you don't change the filters that much. What I'll do is I I open them up when I'm done and I drain them out and let them all dry. Okay, and put them back in there. And as far as uh, the metal for the other part, mm-hmm. uh, I just basically heated it, bent it. I used some. Small, probably half inch square tubing. Okay. Bent that, welded it up. It, just a couple simple welds. Uh, the flat, flat plate on the back, uh, I tapped the threads on that one and it just screwed in with some stainless steel screws. Okay. That probably didn't cost me less than I mean, 10 bucks. All right. Probably. What if, now, how about just those filters in the housing, John? How much are those guys? Like if you just wanted the filter uh, housing. Like $15, and, 10 $15, just the housings by themselves? Oh, that's not bad yeah. at all. Yeah. Okay. But um question though, the valve on the out, I assume, on your right. filter, and the purpose of that is? When I want to shut it off and don't have to walk back to the hose to shut it off. Well, what about, um? I, I hear that the carbon block filters, that if you go too fast through them, you're actually not stripping all the chlorines out of your water system, well, the, so you might the, want to backflow it a it's little also bit the more. Sec- it's also the second one. Uh, one thing with the, with the carbon filters, too, when you have a new one, Flush a lot of water through it first. Otherwise, I, the first time I did it, I forgot I had a new one in there. It's like the Brita tanks. It's yeah, and, yeah, and I, I filled my my uh, kettle up, and I had these just black things floating <laughs> around, and, and I had to drain it all back out and mm. do it again because I forgot I had a new one in there. And when you have a spun filter first, and then you have the charcoal filter after that, it actually will slow it down enough. And I can slow it down fine. Right on. And what's work. the spun filter? That's like a poly filter, or yeah, it 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 you can get it in different microns. You can get ten, five, one, down to point one, I think. Right. And it depends on how far you want to filter it down. It's particulate matter mostly. The water you're using is well water. What what's the pH going in and the pH coming out? pH that won't change the pH. It doesn't. No. It, interesting. Because yeah. I use a five inch carbon block filter and it lowers my pH. It, it, it might a little bit. Uh, mostly in, in uh, utility water that you get in your house, mm-hmm. uh, they keep the pH high, eight, maybe nine, because otherwise it leaches things out of the out of the pipes, and mm-hmm. they don't want to do that. That's why when you're you're pulling tap water, it, it's got a high pH, hmm. and we don't need that, so we safety. Yeah, they yeah. usually use some kind of slaked lime or something to get that back up. And now, what type of minerals do you add back to your water? Uh, now I'm now I'm using uh, RO water. So I'll use through this too. No, okay. no, no. This is this is mostly now. This was originally from when I was in the other house, and mm-hmm. this this I've had this for quite a while. And I use this for offsite stuff. Okay. So when I bring it to a big brew, everybody gets to use it. Uh, it's great for everybody to do that one. Uh, I don't use it at home anymore because I have an RO system. Mm-hmm. So I, I make my RO water first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is with that, you can't store RO water in stainless steel kettles. Mm-hmm. It'll start leaching the, the minerals out of your kettles. Okay. So I, I pre-measure everything, put it in the kettles when I fill the kettles. Let me dumb down here for just a sec. We've had this discussion. The, the water discussion gets real complicated. Um, Doc builds his own water. He's Because he's got the reverse osmosis system, you don't want to just use RO water because it doesn't have any nutrients in it. It doesn't have anything that, right. that your yeast and, and, and everything else in your beer needs. It, it um, needs stuff for the pH. Your yeast needs it to build things, and yeah. it also needs it for flavor. Right. You're going to so, get a lot of flavor out of your water. 
RO water is great for having nice, clean water, hence Doc not needing his filter anymore, but it's terrible for having any nutrients. So Doc actually builds it back up with nutrients right. and now doesn't need the filter. So this kind of a filter is perfect for someone like me who's running tap water. Tap um, water. Because I, we've got some pretty good tap water out here, but I don't want any of the you know little junk that might be in there or in the, the off pipes. flavors oh, from right. the pipes. Right. Um, so uh, for someone like me who's just using your tap water, a filter like this is, is really a great gadget to have. I actually go out and buy um, bottled water. I buy crystal geyser and things like that. Right, it's that's, not reverse osmosis. That's basically just filtered water. Yeah. A lot of it is. So, so to be able to do it from home, I mean, that's to me, actually, because um, I get ingredients uh, from certain people, uh, my most expensive part of brewing is um, is going out and buying a bunch of water. So to have a crystal filter geyser. like this set up would be uh, just a, a real good deal for someone like me. It's Good piece of mind. You can do it with a single one too. Single one would be just fine. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't need to overkill the double. Uh, hey, you know that's just me. Well, I didn't mean Doc doesn't. Doc actually <laughs> needs to overkill. Uh, Doctor Overachiever over there has yeah. to. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't go with three. The Holy Trinity. Slacker. Well, ac- actually, if you look on my gallery on my Bruce's under the uh-huh. sink, there's one of these, a double one of these, and that goes into my. RO system. Gotcha. <laughs> so you do use it. Yeah, I do. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, let's see. I think I have That's some. Um, how do you, um, how long do you use a carbon filter for? Question from the chat room. Um, it can last quite a long time. Okay. Uh, especially if you run a, 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 just a regular filter ahead of it mm-hmm. because it'll get a lot of the big chunks and things out of it and then you can run it. And, it, and I usually. You know how often are you using brew water? Yeah. So how many gallons are you running through it? Okay. Most of most of these uh, carbon block filters will have a, a gallon maximum on it. I think it's like seven fifty to a thousand, uh, or sometimes five hundred, depending on the yeah. size of the filter. Oh, okay, so it's, it'll say it right on there. It'll yeah. say it right on there. How many? What, what are the gallons? So you want to keep track of how many batches you've done, then pretty much, because then you can. I would replace it gallons. once a year. Just yeah? to be safe. Yeah, yeah. and enough. you should and do what I do. I dry it out. Air dry makes a big deal there, right? Yeah. Every yeah. time you use it, you when you're yeah, done, you yeah, I dry take it. Out. I take it apart because there's water in it. Yeah, and so I dump it out, and it just all you got to do is set them out. Yeah, that's and, a lot of work for me. See, I don't it's do that. Not. It's really not. <laughs> I, I, I run water you, through for you, five minutes. I like to me the hop stopper is too much work, uh, and I don't have to do anything. It's ever connected. It's basically like changing a light bulb. You unscrew it, pull it off, let it dry. And you don't even of, put it together till you want to use it again. I got a lot of burnt out light bulbs in this house. <laughs> <laughs> There's like four of them. Right Maybe now. this isn't for you then. <laughs> Check out the Dollar Tree. Yeah. Um, and then can you filter from a garden hose? Someone wants to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to get rid of that garden hose. No. Flavor, what is you it? really want to do is go out and buy one of those white RV hoses. It's it's a much better hose. And you won't you won't pick up the the nasty PVCs and the things that aren't supposed to be in potable water. Uh, I've done that too. It's just a white hose. You can get a Home Depot or whatever. Uh, it just says RV hose for potable water. It's, it's the white one, mm-hmm. and you won't get that nasty hose flavor that we all remember as kids. I hate nasty hose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nasty white hose. Someone from the chat room, and I'm curious who it is. We're going to hell. You'll be In curious about this too, John. Yeah. Wants to know how cheap I'm getting extract. <laughs> I don't get a discount on extract, actually. No, you uh, pay full price. I pay full price on extract. That's the expensive stuff yeah. too. But but to me, I still go out and buy a crap load of water. So yeah. the what, what I was, my point was that buying water to me is more expensive than uh, buying extract. And yeah, you get like your steeping grains for good cost. So 
I do. John helps me out occasionally. Because, you know, what's, what's a pound or something? It's know? like 20 cents or something. The, the, yeah, right. John's a hero for 20 cents. Yeah. yeah. I'll spy you. Don't worry, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm your friend. John's boss is in the chat room trying to figure out what the hell he's giving to me. Who, who, was, it? who was it? Who was it? I tried to ask Daniela who it was before I asked the question. <laughs> John's squirming in his I seat I don't right care. Now, Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next gadget. Um, and what I want to move on to uh, before everyone has to go to bed, uh, as we're running late as usual, lots of discussion has been made of your carboy keg cleaner. So let's skip okay. right ahead to that bad boy. I love the thing myself, but I, I, I couldn't build a hamster cage if I tried. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I just, but in theory, this thing is just brilliant. So let's talk about that. All right. It started out was I had this pump. I used it for a lot of things around the house. This, I've had this pump for six years. These things are bulletproof. Okay. And it has a hose, uh, threaded nipple on there. I said nipple. And, uh, so I could attach things to it. And I saw somebody else that had a low volume pump that would just kind of spray stuff up into theirs. I thought, you know, I can do better than that. This is a high-volume puppy. So what I did was I soldered some things together and put it on the pipe. The one thing at the tip of it was there's I found a thing in the hardware store that you can solder onto your pipes to get rid of an air hammer. If you ever turned on a water faucet and you hear that, that's that. And this thing, it has just a sealed over end. It's like that. And I drilled small holes into the end of that one. And that was the first prototype, and the keg fit on top of that, and I use it in a bucket and or a carboy, and it just sprays and sprays. The cool thing about this is it it's self-cooling, so the water cools the whole pump. Well, if it's this closed system and it's just a, a bucket, yeah. the whole thing heats up. Okay. PBW works so much better when it's hot. Yeah. So... After a few minutes, the whole thing's hot, and it just cleans like gangbusters. Gotcha. So you're not even starting with hot water. You're starting with I, cold when I, water. When I first start with if a, with a new mix, yeah. a new batch, yes, I'll start with hot water just so it, it kind of dissolves it better. Okay. But generally, no, it's cold by about, you know, five, ten minutes, and it's it's hot. Yeah, okay. And it really cleans it out really well. Uh, and then a couple of people in the brew club got a hold of it. And they did some PVC things Versions, with it. So, yeah. you know, PVC is pretty easy to glue together. Yeah. And that one will work pretty well. And then Mike McDole came up with the, hey, let's clean uh, through the quick disconnects at the same time. So he pulled the T off of it. And that's what you're seeing on here. It's his idea. Which picture is that in the gallery? That's uh, the one with the whole, you can see the whole thing. You see the T coming off. Okay. And with the tubing coming off. And that way, you, you just hook up the quick disconnects to the keg, mm-hmm. invert the keg on there, and it's it it just shunts some of it off of there, and it go, shoots it up through the dip tubes. Okay. Well, the one problem with the dip tubes is one's short, one's tall, so one will take all the pressure, the short one, and it won't force it up through the, the long dip tube. So if you look at one picture I have, it has the close-up of the tube with a little black tube inside of it. Yeah. That is basically to restrict the flow on the gas in tube, the short dip tube. Okay. That way, less goes through there, more pressure goes up through the long dip tube, and it actually will clean that out. Okay. So I don't, cl- I don't 
take apart my kegs very often anymore. Man, that's if, great. If I've got some nasty stuff in there, some root beer, I've got uh, really strong taste in something, cider or something like that, I'll take it apart. Okay. I'll soak everything and take it apart. But if it's just beer that hasn't been sitting around a long time, yeah. I'm, you know, quick turnover, yeah. uh, I will just I'll rinse the keg out, rinse it as much as I can out, clip everything to it, turn it over and let it rinse. Then I got the idea of, well, why don't I put a quick disconnect in the middle of that tube? Yeah. I, I made two of the fitting T's that go onto the quick disconnects. And the other tube, you see the long tube, goes onto my sink. So when one keg comes off, I rinse off the top. Mm-hmm. I take the quick disconnect off. I click it to the one that goes to the faucet on the sink. Just click it right into that, invert it into the sink, and turn it on. Okay. It rinses out all the PBW. While okay. I'm hooking up the next keg. I got you. Because you do want to rinse out your PBW. You rinse out the PBW. So it's almost a chain kind of thing. And in 45 minutes, I can go through 10 kegs and get them very, very clean. Wow. People want to know what the specs are on the pump. And or, or and what's the pump that like you're a, using? This like is a, this is called a Little Giant. Uh, you can get them on eBay for 60 bucks. Something like that. Something about 60 bucks. They come in blue. They come in black. They're all sealed. Uh, the one thing that's cool about it is it, it will suck up stuff down to a quarter inch. Okay. Just I someone asked me this question in the chat room uh, last week or yeah, what what was the it, gallons it, per it, minute? It, it's twelve hundred gallons per minute. The one that we're using yeah. and it's quarter horsepower just for specs. And I've had this thing okay. forever, and it just runs and runs and runs. And you can see how grungy it looks, and that's because it sits in PBW twenty four seven. So that thing's a lot oh. more than like your run-of-the-mill garden a fountain pump. It is more thing. than a fountain. You could do it with a fountain pump. Okay. Uh, I've seen it done with that, but I wanted a high-pressure thing that really blasted up in there. Yeah. And when you put it on a, a carboy, you can really see it happening. Yeah. And that's another thing is you can look down halfway down the tube, the, the top main tube, is it's got other holes that I punched in there that actually blast it right at the true bring. Okay. You know, I may move the move the carboy around a little bit and try to blast it off a little bit more. Yeah, uh, you you got to learn to play with how much water and how much PBW you get in. If you put too much PBW in there, you get a lot of foaming. Right, way too much. So that you you can play with that, and your system you got to play with that. One one thing, I went to the PBW the five star website the other day, and because I always started with cold water, and I'd get a lot of foaming, so I was reducing the amount of PBW. Apparently. And now I now I get my water right out of the hot water heater mm-hmm. and at 130 degrees. But PBW does not foam, or it's drastically reduced above 100 degrees. Yeah, I've noticed that once mm-hmm. I've done a few kegs and it's now it's hot. Right, a lot of the foaming goes way down. Okay, but it's also if I put too much PBW in there, it foams too much and it almost chokes. Okay, so and that's pretty easy to to remedy. You just kind of dump some out, put a little more water in there. That works out pretty well, but I I haven't had to scrub a keg in a long time. See, that's a great if it, if it's really got some scum in the bottom of there and it's just not coming out. Yeah, I'll dump a little PBW and two inches of water and I'll let it sit overnight. Then it gets on the keg cleaner and it's done. And it's still done. So you're not shoving the brush down or getting my arm the, down in there. <laughs> yeah. This stuff is magic. Yeah, it really is. Yes. Okay. All right. Why don't we move on? Uh, and and I'd like to talk about Mister Beer's um, 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 plate magnetic. Stir plate. Thank you. Magnetic stir plate. Uh, a homemade version of a stir plate. You can you can pick up a stir plate at uh, at chemistry supply places, you know, and, and science rooms and things like that. But uh, Mr. Beer here has made one himself, 
And uh, why don't we go ahead and talk about that? John's got his here, and you've got a, an even large. You've got a double one here. Yeah, don't I've you? got I got a double as well. Okay. So not not sure how this translates to radio. We'll have to do the uh, you know. I'll describe it. This one we don't have a picture of, um, but we can talk about its its general makeup. You make it basically out of a computer fan. Is that right? Exactly. It's a okay. muffin fan out of a server or a regular uh, regular desktop computer. Okay. Uh, you know, or they're cheap at at a computer supply warehouse. They're you know. Five, eight bucks a piece. Gotcha. Here's the deal with the stir plate, folks, uh, in case you, you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, you know that the show is a big fan of doing yeast starters. Uh, all of us do yeast starters before we pitch, so we get that good live yeast going. You'll hear Jamil talk about that. Um, with a, what, what really helps that yeast starter get going is to have that yeast in motion the whole time to really kind of keep it stirred up and up in solution. Aerated too. Aerated, right. Um, since I don't have a stir plate, I go over and I shake, shake my thing every 20 minutes. I'm like walking by, shake it up, you know, and, uh, and, and I'm not getting as an effective, uh, stir or oxygenation. And, uh, it's also, it's a pain in the ass is what it is. Mm-hmm. So a stir plate, you, you can put your Erlenmeyer flask right on this particular housing. You sit it on top and, and it'll stir it for you. Start at the morning of brew day. Yeah. And by the time you're ready to pitch, those, they're it, active. It's ready to go. Yeah. It really, really accelerates everything. Okay. So what, uh, what Mr. Beer's done is, uh, basically created a small platform. He's taking a, a computer fan, and if you have ever looked inside your computer, it's just a plastic fan that's used to cool off a processor. This particular fan is a, it's a larger one. It looks like that one might be used on a Xeon or something like that. You know, just a, a pretty hefty chip. Uh, so you want to get kind of a larger one if you can. And what you do is you glue a magnet to the top of the fan. So once you've wired the fan to just turn on whenever you, you flip the switch, it's the magnet that will react with the metal, uh, what do you stir call bar. that? Just a metal stir bar right. that you've dropped into your Erlenmeyer flask, and it's just going to you know, mag- magnetically stir the yeah. thing up. It's a so. uh, Teflon-coated stir bar, and you can sterilize it really easily okay. uh, before you drop it into your, uh, you know, into your um, yeast pitch, and you're, you're fine. Where do you get that guy, the stir bar? Homebrew shop. Just yeah, a homebrew shop will have it, too? Anybody, okay. anybody that sells... That. The stir plates yeah. sell a lot of those because people lose them all the time. How much is a stir plate, John? Just if you were to go in into your home, one twenty to one forty. Yeah. How much did it cost you to build that, Mister Beer? A little under twenty. <laughs> a little under twenty bucks. <laughs> you know, okay. I, I love the build things, but it, I think it really boils down to I'm just terminally cheap. You and me both, buddy. So if you can figure out how to wire the fan, and maybe I can get Mr. Beer to to post something about how it's to on do his website. The, about how to do the wi- oh, what's the website? Uh, the, the website is onebeer.net. Okay, it's uh, o n e beer.net. Uh, I've got pictures up there now, um, and I've got actually written out instructions that I should be posting within the month. Awesome. The real magic is is in a potentiometer. Uh, which you need to buy from an electronics store or a used uh, supply warehouse, something like that. Okay. What happens is the computer fans, it's it's one speed, right? It's just it's always on. Yeah. And it spins way too fast. You need like a quarter oh. of its speed. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, those yeast are on the merry-go-round far too fast, right? Right, right. <laughs> so the, the potentiometer is basically just a um, – it's a resistor, a variable resistor that you can buy, like a stereo turn knob. That just controls the voltage and makes the the fan spin slower. Okay, so that's your key right there. So you can't just plug in the fan. You got to have the potentiometer. Yeah, to that that's the magic, and that's a really cheap piece. It's you know four or five bucks. Okay, is that a one ten fan, or is it a twelve volt? It's twelve volt. A twelve volt. So fan. you're gonna need a 
Okay. Now, if you can find a 110 fan, I used a 12 volt because it was free out of a broken computer. Right. If you can find a 110 uh, fan, then you can use a regular old dimmer switch like you would on on a light or on a ceiling fan. Okay. I've, I've got one that size that I've salvaged out of something. Yeah. That would be the way to go. And it's about that big, and it's 110. Okay. Um. How do you, someone wants to know how you get the magnet on the fan so that it stays balanced? Epoxy. Did, well, exactly. But did you have to, you know, worry about getting it centered in there? Well, or? I'll tell you what, I, the magnet that I used came from an old computer hard drive. Okay. So you just zip this hard drive apart, and it's got a rare earth magnet that holds the read-write head in it. And these things are incredibly strong. Okay. You get anything metal within an inch of it, it's just going to pull it right out of your hand. Gotcha. So the fan motor itself is metal in yeah. a plastic casing, so you can set the magnet on there, ah. spin it up, and it'll self-center. Because of the magnet Exactly. Itself. I drew a little line around it with a pencil mm-hmm. and then epoxied it, Okay. it was good. All right. To I tell gotcha. you the truth, the magnet's so strong, you almost wouldn't even have to epoxy it. Really? Yeah. It'll just stay right on the fan anyway. Right. I got gotcha. you. Okay. But Should, just to be safe. I noticed it's a sealed box. You have to worry about that with the fan overheating. This no. This is not actually 100% no. sealed. It's, it's it's not 100% sealed. There is a, there is a you know, it's a, a slight gap box. in the edges. But I'm just looking at, you know, would you want to cut vent holes in it so the fan can... I, I think you could, but I don't think it's it's really necessary. The fan produces almost no heat at yeah. all. Okay. It's self-cooling. It blows on itself. It blows. If you could blow on yourself, Doc, <laughs> you'd never leave the house. Never, leave, never the leave the house. The house. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cigar box. Is the housing that you've used for that one? Yeah, this, one, one's, this uh, one's John's here. Yeah, little cigar box. It was a you know basically a cheap pine box. Put a uh, you know a little bit of stain on it and some varnish to make it look pretty and. Okay. And it does look pretty. And onebeer.com is <laughs> .net. Wor- .net. Okay. www.onebeer.net. You can go look at pictures of this and then Mr. Beer is going to post uh, a description of how to build it too in the near future. So check that out. Now the one that you also brought here is the same principle but uh for two different uh Erlenmeyer flasks. Yeah, basically. that one just holds two. What I I didn't have a I had a big box and two fans, but yeah. I didn't have a a 2 liter Starter flask. Okay. But I had two one liters, so I just built a double. I gotcha. It's also you are cheap, man. Instead of buying the, the two liter Erlenmeyer flask, you took what you had and <laughs> pieces, parts, man. Use what you got. Yeah, right. Well, that also works out well. Like if I usually pitch two different yeasts, too. And if you're doing two oh, different right. yeast starters, sure. it work, it'll work great it, for that. And yeah. John's mentioned in past shows brewing a, you know, brewing a single wort. And then splitting that wort with two yeah. yeasts, yeah. so it's ideal for that if you wanted to brew, you know, two different, um, you know, two different brews off the same uh, wort. Right. Okay. But this is a lot. It's cool to make, and it's it's really pretty slick. Yeah, it is a and, cool ch- thing. I cheap. like it. Cheap is good. Yeah, cheap is definitely good. Cheap is what we are. That should be our motto. The cheap Brewing no, Network. Cheap is what we are. Cheap. Uh, okay, back to the... To we the, may be the, cheap, but we're not easy. That's right. Back to the... Not all of us, anyway. Uh, back to the keg washer real quick. Uh, someone says, I made a washer with my... Is it March Mag drive pump? Okay. You guys know what he's talking yep. about? Mm-hmm. He yep. says, does this have a lot more blasting power than my pump, the pump you're using? Well, the one thing about the March pump is you're probably not... You're not going to get the solution to heat up, too. Okay. And I started this because it, it stands up by itself. It fits inside. It's kind of a self-contained thing. It fits inside the bucket too. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the gallons per minute, but 
this is twelve hundred gallons per minute. And the March pump isn't going to do that. I use March pumps, and I, I I don't think I could get what Doc's got. Okay. This 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 is what I had, and I was cheap, and <laughs> and, and it, it worked out really well, and it's got a lot of pluses to it because it heats up the solution all by itself. Today's word is cheap. Cheap. <laughs> Should drink every and time. And you win. Cheap. All right, back to the fan. Do you actually use a 110 fan is the question, and the listener is wondering if it won't slip poles. Hmm. Obviously, you've never had that happen. Right. Um, in fact, I, I'm not sure that I even uh, know what the question means. Well, I guess if it if it's going to reverse poles. Rever- or reverse. It's going to reverse poles is what the it question is. It still spins. Is. Yeah. Either way, if it, right. if it reverses poles, it's... Just then going to change direction. Change direction, right? So, and that doesn't matter. It actually wouldn't. Even, it wouldn't change direction. It would just flip over the the stir rod. Is what it would do. Well, Crazy so, Jack says it's not going to happen anyway. Crazy Jack says no way. How come we haven't heard from you all show, Crazy Jack? <laughs> what the hell are you doing back there? Well, you you got to remember that a motor has so many coils in it, and also has plates in it. Yeah. All right, and they're being charged up as it's going by the armatures. Okay. okay so it's a spinning. Yeah. Okay. It's never going to change states on the magnet itself because it's continually spinning and changing states itself. Uh-huh. And the momentum of yeah. the armature is going right. to keep the momentum going. Yeah, that's Gotcha. It. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Crazy Jack, not so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Genius, what he's, but crazy. I know what he's talking about. All the smart ones are a little wacky. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they have to be, man. That's why I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's not wacky enough. You guys want to take a quick break? And then what do we got? Two more gadgets to do, right? Uh, let's see. One, two, yep. Yeah, we got, uh, Doc's, uh, super overkill mega wort chiller. And, uh, and then what's the other the one? The inline oxygenator. Inline oxygenator. That one I like. That's I really want to talk yeah. about oh, that. Oh, no, actually yeah. we got three because we've got, uh, the filter wrench too. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a short break. Uh, good music on this break was sent in to me by a listener. One of his favorite beer songs. It's a good Irish drinking song. So have a beer and have a pee. We'll be right back. It's the Brewing Network. Eight and eight the pot and one and six attacks. One, two, three, four, five. Hey, 
And now back to the Brewcaster. The Brewcaster on the Brewing Network. It's the Sunday live show. In the studio, we got Mr. Beer hanging out with us. We got Beer Pal. We got Crazy Jack. Got the Brewcasters. The gadgets we're discussing, you can go to our gallery, uh, right on our gallery page at thebrewingnetwork.com and see pictures of what we're talking about so that you don't get uh, left out of the mix. Actually posted some pictures in the gallery. Yeah. Thank you to Innovative Homebrew Solutions, who was on the show today, called in and gave away a hop stopper to MedTech. He was our winner. And uh, you can check them out at ihomebrewsolutions.com. Beer Pal loves it. It's going to buy one. So you want to get a look at that. What we are about to talk about now is Doc's inline oxygenation thing gadget. <laughs> right? All right. This is this is one of my first ones uh, when I was mainly brewing and fermenting in carboys. And I was always having to you know, stick the the stone down in there and bubble it in that way. And I wanted to do it all at once. So I put some things together and that was back when I could screw things together instead of weld things together. And, uh, uh, and that was, it was one of the early days before when they were just starting to have oxygenated stones, okay. the centered stone that you, that you see there. So I took a stainless steel pipe plug, drilled a hole in that one and, I actually had it welded at the at the tip, and that goes into all into the all brass fitting. Uh, the key here with this thing is the split. Uh, Which picture the, am I looking at? It, it's the little the long brass guy. It's uh, two down. It's a lot of shiny <laughs> things, and it's got the rubber rubber stopper okay, on it. Okay, all right. The rubber stopper being split, it not only helped me get it over that that lower tube there, but I needed some way to vent. Uh, the air coming out of the carboy. The original, oh, right. the first one, I just stuck it in there and it kept blowing out the top. Of course, clever. the beer's going in. So the beer goes in the top one. The oxygen goes in from a from an oxygen bottle from the side. Yeah, and it oxygenates it as it's going in. Okay, to the carboy, and it goes in and it's just all foamy and goes right in. No stone at all. It's the stone goes right there. Yeah, you still oh, got the stone. Oh, okay. The, st- the stone's in that in that the, uh, the side tube. Right it's there. just to what speed up the process of oxygenating the word. Is oh, it's one less thing. I got to sanitize. I sanitize that, and I've got to sanitize the tube that goes in there anyway. No. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I'd have to put the wort into the carboy, yeah. and then sanitize the tubing with another stone or whatever I'm going to do to it, and then push that down in there. And then bubble that into the bottom of this. Oh, all right. Now I'm now I'm yeah, buying let, let what him, you're let selling. Him, let him play with yeah, it. Yeah. All right. I'm picking up what you're dropping. The the one thing was this: that you can push too much oxygen, and it will almost stop the wort flow. And yeah. I was I was doing a gravity feed on the, at this time with that, so it'll go through, and then you just play with you know how, with the volume of the oxygen going in, and it it it, right. it made fermentation so much faster. Now, and, it, and this is basically for a carboy. Normally they say you want to oxygenate for one to two minutes, right? Is, is that well, right? Well, you're going to get to a point where you're going to get oxygen saturation at whatever temperature you are, and you're not going to get any more. So uh, they, I've heard 30 seconds to two minutes. After that, it's not going to matter because you're going to hit saturation point. Well, it's going to actually come back out of solution. The yeast is going to use part of it. So you're going to be – within half an hour, 45 minutes or an hour, you're going to be down – Below your point of what you wanted to do again. So depending on what you're fermenting, 
lager ale, whichever one that is. Yeah. I do two to three different times where I will actually uh, reoxygenate. Now, this other part, all right, so I'm looking at this guy here, and I see that the elbow part of it, which is it's going to be the top of it if you've got it attached to your carboy, uh, you've got that's coming out of your work chiller and 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 connected to a hose right, with your work right pumping there. right through it. Okay. Now the other end of it, which is going down into your carboy, is, is there an attachment that you make it go to the bottom, or you you just let that no? I, I want drop it to right I, I want it to splash at yeah. this point because I want oxygen in it. Right. Okay. It's already cooled by this point. Yeah. So I'm not worried about hot side aeration or anything like that. Right. It's already. I've had the immersion cooler in there. The chiller's been done its work. Yeah. And now it's coming through and splattering at the bottom. You can do the same thing with just straight air. Yeah. Uh, just letting it splash into the bottom there. So I'm not worried about anything about oxygen pickup. I'm actually trying to get oxygen into it. So I want it to splash into the top. Man, let me tell you what I love about this thing right now already. Because it's shiny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I can beat John with it. It's heavy, too. Oh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> What I like about it is it cleans uh, up nice is that it, it really creates a closed system uh-huh. for carboy transfer. Right. And and here's an issue I have since I started oxygenating. I've yeah. I, I'm dumping my word into the carboy, right? And I'm plugging that sucker up, and then I'm getting my oxygenation stone all ready to go. I'm opening the carboy back up, putting the hose down mm-hmm. inside my carboy to oxygenate. All these potentials for for contamination. Whereas this guy, it's it's done right during your transfer to the to the carboy. You're getting tons of oxygen in it because every ounce of the wort is passing over the oxygen stone. Yeah, and and you're done with it. By the time you you pull this gadget off the top of your carboy, you're sealing up your carboy. You're not going to open it again. I don't have to now. At that point, That's I it. didn't have to. And now, what like, about when you're using your conicals? You you have another one that does the same thing? I use an inline, a different one inline. Now. But you also use an inline. Mm-hmm. I love this idea of an inline oxygenator. Because it, 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 it takes away a step because you're doing it all in one step. You're transferring and oxygenating and it, and it creates that closed and, system. And it is. It's just one. It, I mean, I've got to, I've got to put the transfer tube in there anyway. And that's just part of the transfer tube. Yeah. And it's all brass, so you can boil it if you need to. Right. All right. Now this one, I definitely want to make sure you write a bill. I think I could even build this one because all you did was like screw a bunch of stuff. That, and together, that's what I do. Right? In the early days when I needed something and I needed something to fit in a carboy. Yeah. How'd you fix the stone in line? Did you? Have yeah. Now to that's the part. it at all? Hmm? This did is the part I think that, that I would know. Uh, you I, welded it. It's it's uh it's TIG welded. Ah, yeah. Okay. So I had, I had somebody TIG weld this, and and if you look at it, the guy's a really nice welder. So he's taken his just a it's a regular oxygen stone. It cost me a six pack of homebrew. Very nice. That's what it did. That's cheap. Found a fitting that could go into the side of this of this T fitting, like a regular plumbing you know brass T fitting, and uh, he just had that sucker welded right in there. A perfect it, idea it, because nothing had to be rethreaded yeah, that, then. That's basically it's a pipe plug. And you can take the whole thing apart and boil it and have yeah. it all clean. All all apart and take. I mean, I wouldn't even take it apart a lot of times. Will uh, a JB weld hold the stone onto the pipe cap instead Probably. of a regular weld? Probably. Yeah? Okay. Uh, it, it, there's not much pressure, so all you got to really do is have to have a liquid seal. And, you know, JB weld should work fine. Okay. And uh, is there any reason that this setup can't be used for conicals? Nope. No reason, right? No, just a, a, I would say just a different size stopper so it can go into your conical. You could actually do it. It, Although, doesn't, have to, it doesn't even have to look like this. You could put two... 
You could put one end in, one end out into the tube and go put the tube right into the conical. Yeah. yeah you could basically make another fitting that went into the ball valve at the bottom of your right. conical at the mm-hmm. other end of this. Or just another another uh, uh, barb fitting and make that work. Right. Yeah, it's just as easy to make. I would say look at Doc's design here if you got a conical and just modify the end that would go into the carboy with another fitting that would go into your conical ball valve. Go ahead, Beer Pal. What you got? I was reading um, an article uh, in in this month's BYO about building your own inline oxygenator. Oh, okay. And my, this is a related question, not exactly about the oxygenator, but I use plenty of brass fittings in my, my brew mm-hmm. setup. And they talked about um, treating the brass fittings before using them right. with vinegar. And do you do that? Is that necessary? I've read so much about this and that, and how much is is in there and how much is not. And a lot of the brass fitting, what they say is, when they make the brass alloy, they put some lead in there, and lead helps to lubricate it when you're tooling it, when you're making threads, making things like that, and you want to get the surface lead off. And I've also read in a couple. Of Pretty good articles that said there's not enough there that's going to really matter. And yes, I, I did used to pickle everything, uh, vinegar and uh, peroxide. I talked to James about this, yeah. the, the welding guru, and he said he didn't seem to think it was much of an issue at it, all. It was really. a big yeah. issue eight years ago, nine years ago. It was a big issue, but there's been a lot of controversy, and that's like one of the big things about the controversy and whether you need to really treat all your brass. And it's it it does have something to do when you're playing with low pH things, but I think if you just clean up, you're probably fine. All right, I got a couple questions back to the filter, and and one of them is just a statement saying, please say something about the filters that are that are pictured. Um, we did we described what that filter was, so you might have to rewind yourself back to that part of the show if you want a whole description of those filters. Um, but another question, or or be more specific, I'm happy to answer questions about those filters. Another question was. Um, you know, we were talking about when to replace a filter. We summed it up by saying, replace your filter once a year, and you're going to be good to go. But this asking anyway, uh, how can you tell if your carbon filter is used up, assuming that you don't keep track of the gallons? Is, are there any visual telltale signs, Doc, that someone should look for? I haven't seen any. The other ones, the white ones, will turn color. They'll start to get kind of a brownish, reddish tinge to them, uh-huh. especially with my well water. I get a lot of that, so I'm changing that out quite a bit. Okay. Um you know, if you just estimate how many gallons of water you use, I would double the gallons that of beer you brew. So if you're brewing a batch, you're brewing 10 gallons, you should estimate that you're putting 20 gallons of water through that filter yeah. per brew session. Estimate how many brew sessions you have per year, and and it says on, on the filters and how, how often to you change it. it. So yeah. you can still and estimate. It's, it's not an absolute. Okay. Uh, all right. Back to the... Uh, Inline O2. Okay. This is a good question, I think. Uh, if you've already put O2 in with this thing, why splash it? Wouldn't that release the O2 that you've just put into the wort? I wonder about that. Probably not. It's but not, it it's, is sort of the action. It, 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 could, it could be counterproductive, couldn't it? Not as much as you might think. You're putting so much O2 into it with a stone yeah. that you're not. it's not going to be... No. You're, you're oxygen... All of your wort all the way through, though. Right. So, I mean, you, you probably have some that just, you know, it, it's good. I'm, just, it, I'm wondering it, then if it would be better to have the tube go all the way to the bottom of your carboy. I think you're splitting hairs here. Yeah, okay. Uh, you can be anal like that if you really want to. I don't think it really matters. If it just sits there in a solution, it's going to dissipate anyway. 
Yeah. And I don't think it's going to come out a solution like it would if it was CO2 or mm-hmm. something like that, splashing that. I don't think you got to worry so much about that. Just reoxygenate in four to eight hours again anyway, and you'll be fine. I want us to give further explanation about the plate filter, and I'm wondering if they're talking about our mention of the Therminator no. at Beer Pal, or, or is this a plate filter right here you have? Well, I've, I've got a plate filter that we're looking at here, too. Okay. So there's two different things. So we've not talked about that one. Why don't we talk? The plate filter isn't a gadget that you've invented. Well, it's no, it's not that. It's the wrench. It was the, the wrench it, that it's, you were. It's the workaround that I worked for that. Okay. Because, it, it like, without a wrench, you couldn't take it apart or what? Or it was just a different kind. No, of thing. Um, it has a, a little plastic knobs, and there's six of them, six bolts with with little plastic knobs, and it has uh, three tangs on it. And it, when you're washing things and sterilizing things, your hands are wet, cold, and they hurt. And it's a knuckle buster. It's oh. it's a bear. And then when you don't get them tight enough, you're leaking beer, and you know you're leaking oxygen into the plate, and all you think is I'm oxygenating things. Uh, so you don't want to do that. So I got sick of bleeding knuckles or, or using a, a pair of pliers doesn't even work on it because it's it's got three knot three tangs on it and yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't really grab that one. So I invented this little wrench thing that fits on there and just by cutting a notch in that end there. What is what I had around? I was pissed off yeah. and I said well, I got this that and this and brass works really well. It's almost it's. It's almost mushy metal, so it yeah. works really well. Anybody with a file and a hacksaw can work it. Right. So I, I had a, a hose nipple that I used for that one. It's a nipple. Uh, <laughs> and I had a, a I had a, a brass pipe and some some end caps, and I just worked that. I, I soldered it into that one, and all I got it it works great. I get all the torque I want on it, and. Anybody who has used these plate filters yeah. can attest to bloody fingers. Right. I mean, I, it, okay. It's absolutely painful. It's these little uh, tripod design type uh, wing nuts almost. Okay. And with, just like Doc's saying, with with warm, yeah. soft hands. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just brutal. It cuts right into them. Let's talk about that filter itself because maybe people – did you purchase that filter somewhere, yes. the plate filter? Yes. And, and yeah, let me know about that. Uh, it works awesome. Okay. Uh, you you need to deal with some things. You got to have pretty clear beer to start with, or you get a clog filters. Uh, it, uses, it looks pretty small. It's about twelve inches across, probably, mm-hmm. and it's uses two pads. Uh, you can purchase the pads at a lot of homebrew shops, and and in, in different filtering capabilities. Okay, uh, you can get it down to, I think, one micron. Ten, five, one, something like reward, something. It can get down pretty far. If you have a pretty clear beer, it'll make it sparkling beer. Some issues with that is if you have uh, a fairly light beer, you'll get some oxidized flavors if you don't do something. So you need to soak your pads, uh, shove it through with some CO2, mm-hmm. clean them out, okay. and then you don't get the oxid- oxidized stuff. If you're doing a, a bigger, thicker beer... A uh, big pale ale, they won't, you won't even notice it. It'll just come through, but it makes your beer sparkling. This is the guy that you use on a regular basis. Yes, and it's it, got real small in and out. It's got it's got a single in and a dual out. Oh, it does. And it comes. It, it filters slow. It's so it gets a good half hour easy to, okay. to do that one. And I actually uh, put one keg high and one keg low, so I get some siphon out of that one. And instead of just pushing, yeah, uh, with the CO two. Um, it not only 
does it make the beer look better, but you're going to get a clearer, better tasting beer faster. Uh, I was going to bring my Kolsch in tonight. Yeah. And it was still had too much yeast. It hadn't settled out enough. It's only been cold for two weeks. Okay. And it just had too much in suspension, and it just tasted like yeast. Hmm. If I would have had time to filter it, we would have been drinking Kolsch tonight out of the keg. Gotcha. But, and it, it really does clean all that out of there. And it just there's a taste difference between... It's not just because it's cloudy. It's cloudy and it has yeast it in it. Clear, yeah. bright beer right away. Yeah. What beer did you bring today, Doc? Uh, I brought a classic American Pilsner and the Stout. And the Stout? Yeah. Oh, you didn't get any of that, did you? No. Why, is it all gone already? No. Before we do that, I want to talk about the, the drink I'm about to finish. Uh, we're drinking Dogfish Head's uh, Pangea right now, and that was the gift given to us from Paul from Brooklyn. Uh, signed us up for Michael Jackson's Rare Beer Club. Awesome thing to do. We appreciate that. And uh, for the next three months while we're receiving beers, I think we'll be tasting them on the air. So uh, thank you for that. You guys didn't like that. By the looks on all your faces, you thought the, the Pangea was crap, but I like it. I liked it. It's, you like it? It's uh, basically an herb beer, too. It's uh, got a lot of herbs in it. Yeah. It tastes like gingerbread, I think. It's got It's got a lot of ginger in it. Beer Pal, you think it sucks, huh? No, I don't think it sucks. It's it's an interesting beer. It's not something I'd go out and buy, you know, to drink when I got home from work. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, I'd, as a once in a while thing, it's very interesting. I yeah. Dogfish Head has a great reputation for IPAs. They're 60, yeah. 90 and 120 minute IPAs. I've never had any of those. That's what I was kind of hoping this was going to be, but Right. No, they sent us their their super duper special one. What do you got? A fridge full of Budweiser at home or something, beer pal? <laughs> No, you're thinking about your fridge. Mine has good <laughs> beer in it. I actually do probably have a stack of Coors Light at the bottom of my fridge. My room. Yeah, that's just for the riffraff. You know, it keeps, <laughs> keeps them off your good beer. That's right. How do you like it? Did you try it, Mr. Beer? Yeah, I did. And, you know, I like the flavor. Um, I, I like the um, I, I like the taste of the beer, but it's got a sort of a puckering mouthfeel on mm. the finish that uh, just doesn't personally suit me. It's that, that sort of pucker you get two seconds after the swallow that uh, – yeah. Got a little vagina-like aftertaste. <laughs> I think that's the uh, I think that's the pucker you're referring to. <laughs> oh my god! A little yeasty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shut up, <laughs> John. You how, want, do you, how do you like it? Um, I, I can't drink it. No, no, huh? No. You think it's real bad? No, I don't think it's bad. It's a clean beer. It's good, but I just don't like the ginger. Oh. Yeah, I've got. I've got. It's real I think, with that taste to it. Yeah, I've got about a half a keg of one that tastes almost exactly like this. Is that right? Yeah, enjoy that dog. But you don't. Well, that's why I still have a half a keg. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's it's like a year and a half old. But you don't have ingredients in yours from all over the world. I might. (laughs) You never know. I didn't ask where they got it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You at least have ingredients from all over that farm you live on. Yes, I do. Man, I went out to Doc's house the other day. You should have told me to pack a lunch getting out there. Yeah, you, tell them they'll know where. Yeah, you pass by horses and goats and old ladies walking their horses and goats. <laughs> and Man, is it out there? <laughs> Got a lot of deer and a lot of things. They don't even have they don't even have indoor plumbing. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we got well water. They're, they they do. He has a big wooden thing that holds all his water. I said I, I thought it was some rundown thing like from the olden days. He's like, no, that's that's our water. <laughs> <laughs> that's our water tank. Yeah. yeah. There wasn't a crescent moon on the door, was there? No. <laughs> you don't want to yeah, go in there. You don't want that water. <laughs> that was a 10,000-gallon tank. It's big. It looks like a big wine vat. <laughs> no, you got it made out there, man. That's a nice place. And you got to meet the goats? And I got to meet the goats. And check this out. You know what I decided? Yeah, I don't know what Danielle's going to think about this. I, I figured something out the other day. Doc's wife's totally hot. 
<laughs> she's a hot lady. Uh, I put her in the MILF Karen, category. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I don't. I hope you're not going to karate chop me, Doc. I don't. I want to get you no, all that's cool. uh, angry. I'm proud. But uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. Doc's done well for himself. Yeah. His wife's totally hot, yeah. and uh, you know she she got two kids and 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 Doc for fuck's sake, and, uh, <laughs> and the woman's doing real well for herself. Yeah. You know, hey, I got in the ground floor. Yeah. I bet you. <laughs> hey, Doctor Scott, yeah. I got a question for you. Okay. All right. So one of the listener wants to know, uh, what is your favorite gadget, and do you make create the gadgets yourself, or do you buy them? Uh, generally, I create most of them, or at least I have the idea for them. Um, if I can't fabricate them myself, um, I'm too bad James isn't here because a lot of times I'll go in and I'll bounce them off of him and James yeah. can you make this for me yeah what the hell why Where's not James yeah M-I-A, M-I-A. I'll bet he got lost it's uh, easy he to just do. decided to go home and his girlfriend's in town no she I don't know she's not yeah you know what he's doing yeah <laughs> he want to hang out with a bunch of sweaty dudes I, no, I, 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 was talk, <laughs> I was talking to him last night and he's a little charged up about coming in here but yeah. uh, he, he's the one that you know, I say well can we make this yeah damn you you want me to make one off, don't you? Yeah. You know, it's always it's always something. That's cool, though. So generally, usually I make it myself. At how many microns uh, do you filter, someone wanted to know? Um, depends on the beer. Uh, you know, five microns is fine. Okay. It's, it, it'll come out pretty darn clear at five microns. That's the polish level? Is that what yeah, you're saying? And, and you can go down to the one micron, which is the sterile level. Um, you almost need to do a two-stage one with that you need to need to run through with the the seven or the ten i think it's seven otherwise the filters clog yeah it yeah. clogs too yeah. fast and i can get two kegs out of one one set of pads they say you can get one five gallon but i can get two it'll go a little slow at the end uh, but if you want to go down to the one micron filter you need to use fining agents or do a two-stage filter and if i've got a nice yellow beer that i want just sparkling uh, I'll go to the trouble to do that. I might not do all the kegs on it, but I'll do one keg on it. Do you uh, think filtration affects the body of your beer at all or the flavor? No, as long as I'm real careful about the oxygenation thing, about clean, clearing the filters. Because they have a lot of oxygen in them, and if I'm pushing beer through those, I know what I'm doing. What about stripping flavor? Probably not. Uh, mostly I'm trying to get the yeast out of there, which gives me not such great flavors in the first place. I, I, it, it's amazing how much cleaner it tastes when you strip all the yeast out of it. Danielle is going to dump me. Do you? (laughs) She was, was, she's been sending me questions the whole show. She just sent me a note that says I'm going to dump you. (laughs) (laughs) After, after. It's official. Thought you guys might want to (laughs) know. Hey, she's single. Are you still going to man the chat room? If anybody should be interested, Daniela at (laughs) thebrewingnetwork.com. You're going to get a lot of emails now. You're still going to work. How about you, John? You're still going to work for the BN though, right? Yeah, sure. It has nothing to do with you, does it? As long as you can work the chat room. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sweet. She's an employee. (laughs) Just double checking. Last but not least, uh, why don't we go over Doc's uh, super counter flow double? Don't even need to do this chiller. <laughs> this this, <laughs> this falls into to the cause excessive I, cause, stage because I can. This thing is awesome. I'm telling you, uh, it weighs a lot. That's why the big handles on there because it, <laughs> it, it takes a lot to move it around. Um, okay. I wanted to be able to push it through as fast as I can and get it chilled as fast as I can. Okay. I can do 20 gallons in about 10 minutes. Really? Yeah, and get it down to, you know, 70. 
Now you can this. see this picture on the gallery page also. It's made up of just two counterflow wort chillers. And so you're, you've rigged it so that the wort will actually run through both of them before it, it, going to it, the... Basically it runs through one. Yeah. Crosses over, runs through the other, and comes on out. Okay. Um, and if you look at the back picture of it, it has two inlets, so I can run separately. Mm-hmm. I can de- dial in and out the second one to what the temperature is going to be. So it's just a longer trail of of work chiller. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Uh, but I want to be able to run it through fast. How, yeah. Okay. How do you clean it? Uh, basically, what I do, and when I'm done, uh, let's let's start when I before I start. Uh, I've got everything in the boil kettle, and I've got pretty much everything hooked up. Mm. And as it's coming to a boiler, when it's boiling, the last 20 minutes or half an hour of the boil, uh, I'll put water back into my hot liquor tank and boil it, maybe only five gallons, and it's just boiling. Then I use one of my pumps to pump this through back into the boil, back into the hot liquor tank. So I'm running boiling water through this thing for a good 20 minutes. Once all that's done, then I push it all out. I hook it back up and it goes all out. Uh, get everything into the conicals and then I just run that same hot water back through it and rinse it all back out with five gallons of hot water. Right on. That way it's sterilized. Yeah. Yeah. What temperature are you, are you, are you going from and, and ending up with here? Uh, boiling down to 70. In 10, 10 minutes? 10 minutes, about 20 That's gallons. awesome. Yeah. That's it goes through fast. And I've, I've actually <laughs> stepped this up a, a notch. Um, I'm now using an immersion chiller in there. First, because I want to be able to go down fast to lager temperatures. Okay. So I'll use the immersion chiller first to get it down 120 or something like that. And it goes pretty fast because I've got a whirlpool. It whirlpools around that, and it'll go down to 120 pretty fast. And then I shift it from the kettle through these things, and I can get it down to whatever. And I use a, I use a pre-chiller too, so... <laughs> I I just go nuts. On you know, it does thing. look like a hernia waiting to happen though. You know, it, it looks is. heavy. Well, I don't knock it over. <laughs> well, when you were running through just a single wort chiller, what were you getting down to? It, I would just have to run it slower. So you'd still get the same degree. You'd get down to 70, but it would take 25 minutes probably to get 25 30 minutes to get down to okay. uh you know, pitching temperature. And how do you think that's affected the taste of your beer, being able to do it quicker? Makes me feel better. Just makes you feel better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, most of my brew days are long, and I get some hassle about being taken away from the family. Yeah, so okay. So it, it gets me done. As soon as it gets into the, the conicals, I'm a happy man. Yeah. It's almost, it's, the rest is cake because the thing's sealed off. It's done. It's oxygenated. It's in there. I throw the yeast in there. I'm done, and then the rest is just cleaning up. I can clean up fast. I don't have to worry about spilling stuff, uh, contaminating stuff. Well, it's as, as much about the reduced time as it is less exposure at a vulnerable temperature, well, right? Well, one one thing. Well, let's talk a little bit about DMS. Uh, the longer you keep it at a hot temperature without boiling, you're going to make more DMS. DMS is that nasty corn flavor you're going to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, it comes through naturally from the malting process. It starts out as SMM, and it turns into DMS with with heat. As you boil, it all comes off. That's why you don't want to cover your kettle. Mm -hmm. You want it to come off in the steam, and you want to drive that off. As soon as you stop boiling and it's still hot, you're still going to make 
turn change the SMM into DMS, and you're still going to get that. So the faster you can take it down to below, I think it's 110, 120, you're going to stop making that, that stuff that's going to come through when you're finished beer. So the faster you can cool it down, the better. And so as long as it sits at, you know, 180, 170, 160, it's coming down, you're still making DMS, and it's going to come through when you're finished beer. So the faster you can slam it down, the better. better. Okay. See, I'm still putting it in my sink full of ice. Although, I'm telling you, I get down to 80 pretty quick, like a lot faster than you think. I don't have a full five gallons in there, too. It's a partial yeah. boil. But uh, if I put that thing in a sink full of ice, I'm down to 80 in 25, 30 minutes. And, and you can do that when, when you're still when you're, when you're doing four or five gallons. Partial boil, I'm, yeah. I'm doing 22 gallons yeah. at, a, yeah. at a spot. That's a big and, sink. Yeah, yeah, it's a big <laughs> sink. And, and lifting that big, heavy thing is yeah. tough. I think the actually aside from having the keg converted now that I'm going to switch over to that I got the uh I got the burner I got the keg now I have to have that converted I'm still going to have to buy an immersion chiller I think I yeah, think I'm going to go immersion instead it, of Well counterflow. it'll it'll make a big it's the easier one to use mm-hmm. uh one of the things with the counterflow is it's a lot easier on your water uh, mm-hmm. you don't it, it's a lot more efficient The counterflow is more yeah. efficient Mhm you use less water Oh I like that See maybe I well, ought to do that yeah. I'm not a wasteful guy I don't want to waste a bunch of water. Uh, but just go with the, go with the immersion. It's easy to, to clean. You just put it, you clean it off, rinse it off nice, and you got to. Yeah, you only clean on the outside of it. Yeah, you clean the outside. You throw it in, and it sterilizes itself. Okay. Back to your filter for a second. Okay. Jamil in the chat room. I love hey, this. Jamil. I like this guy. Yeah, good questions. He says, call me crazy, but I don't see the need for a home brewer to filter. There you are. I don't filter. John doesn't filter. Uh, John agrees with Jamil. <gasps> It's cold in hell today. Yeah. It's a cold day in hell. <laughs> Jamil, did you drink much out of the hose when you were a kid? Touche. So what are you targeting off of regular city water, like chlorine and fluorides? Is that what oh, you're Oh, you're going to get some of the chlorine, but most of the they're using chloramines. No, 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 no. I, no, no. He's talking about filtering your beer. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. No, uh, I'm sure he Jamil. agrees with filtered water, but he's thinking because – Clear beer, in general, is an aesthetic property of your beer. Okay, there's a lot of debate, especially with About me that. on that one. Okay. Um, granted, on the on the brewing uh, sheet, you're going to get three points for what it looks like. But if I'm looking at a cloudy beer and I'm looking at a clean beer, just in my head, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go more towards the clean one. If I'm a a professional brewer, yeah, and I've talked to him before, nobody wants to drink cloudy beer. Pay for cloudy beer. They're not going to do that. But what I've noticed is if I want to get my beer finished faster, I'll filter it, and it will actually clear it better and get the yeast taste out of it. It's a big difference with that one. No, you don't have to. If, if Jamil likes to sit around with his beer. and so Jamil, you there, buddy? Yeah. 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 Um, Jamil said before that he likes to – it doesn't matter. It can sit there for weeks and weeks, and I do too. A lot of my beers I don't filter because I just – they will sit there, and they it will clear themselves. Go ahead, Jamil. Come on, Jamil. On what? <laughs> yeah. I thought it's on the filtering. filtering or? Yeah, it's yeah. on the filtering thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I think there's a, a big difference between a filtered beer and a uh, and an unfiltered beer. And uh, personally, I think the, the benefits of filtering versus the benefits of not filtering uh, you know, are the, the drawbacks. I think, you know, the unfiltered beer tastes better. Really? Yeah, I think if you let it, you let it sit, and uh, you know, there's uh, 
you know, there's a, a difference in the body, there's a difference in the hops, there's a difference in, uh, you know, the malt character. Yeah. I just, I just never really care for, uh, the filter beers, uh, you know, and the commercial brewers are doing it to, uh, get a beer to market much quicker. The aesthetics of it, yeah. You know, and, uh, I think you can get a nice, bright, clear beer, uh, just with a little bit of time, and it's not a huge amount of time either. Yeah. Jamil? Um, yeah. It's, it's Beer Pal here. Hey. Hey, listen, I know you've drank way more of Mike McDowell's beers than I have, and he's like the king of filtering beers. Uh-huh. Well, uh, how do you explain his success? I mean, who has won, besides you, more awards for his beers? And I've, and I've certainly never had a beer of his that I didn't just absolutely love, and he filters everything. How do you explain that? Um, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible to make, make good beer uh, uh, filtering. I think it, it's not necessary for one to make uh, great beer, and I think... There's some beers that I really love, like uh, EJ Fair. They have their uh, winter warmer quivering quail. Yeah, and that unfiltered is spectacular. Mm-hmm. That filtered is a really good beer. Okay. Okay, and a really good beer is one thing, and a spectacular beer is something else. Um, you know, it's a it's a slight difference. Yeah. And uh, I certainly wouldn't turn down any of the any of those, and I wouldn't turn down Mike's beer either. But uh, could could it be the way the you're handling it during filtering? Because you can sloppy filter it, and you're gonna get some deleterious issues with it. So uh, no, I think I think people who you know I don't filter at all. I think you know people who are you know absolutely spectacular at filtering. Um, you know they they do a great job, and it and it turns out just fine. But you can't tell me that the beer tastes the same after it's been filtered. No, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Right, but, some, but sometimes uh, Doc Saints taste it tastes better. I think I do it a lot of times if I want to pull something up faster. Uh, if uh-huh. I can't if I can't get it to clear, and and I'm like you, I I have stuff sit for weeks just because it can. Yeah, and I don't filter Mike everything. I'm uh, Mike filters everything. I don't filter everything. I, I would say I filter about twenty five percent of what I do. A question from the chat room along with, with what you do and don't filter is, are there some beers that should be filtered and some that should not? What do you think about that, Jamil? Well, he, um, just, he just said he doesn't think you should filter do any. any. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't filter anything. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I suppose if you were trying to, uh, you know, if, if you are going to filter, if you feel the need to filter, um, you would want to, you know, up up some of the body, up some of the hopping. Uh, you have to take take that into account. Hmm. To compensate for what you're stripping yeah. out. And yeah, you do that, Doc? take that out. Usually I, I brew things with, that are bigger and heftier than normal anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, you think it comes down just, just probably, right? Probably, yeah. I would think you'd avoid a filter on a, on a Hefeweizen. Of course. No, yeah. Unless yeah. you were going to go for a Cristal. Well, yeah. Or right. hef, hef, if I'm doing a Cristal, I'll usually let it settle out. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll keg chance for the keg a couple times i'd rather let it settle out than filter that isn't cristal that stuff puff well, daddy buys for all his no that's hose. different now no that's different. <laughs> and even even the german uh uh hefe brewers they will filter the beer and uh they'll add back in lager yeast oh interesting and the reason they use a lager yeast is because it's uh, less less flocculent and it'll uh remain dusty okay in the, in the beer and so uh the beer I got on on keg right now, that pale ale, not only, of course, is it not filtered, I don't filter anything either, but uh, I didn't even put Warflock in the boil. I forgot to pick up Warflock. It's the cloudiest beer I've ever made in my life. It's all full of cloudy junk. Tastes good. 
<laughs> it's good cloudy junk. You just you serve, you serve it with dental floss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yes. so thick that you can actually see it. I, if you, you can I walk was, on it. I was trying to figure out how carbonated it is. I always like to take a look. You know, I check it every day or so once I put the gas on it. I, I can't see shit. <laughs> the thing, it's so cloudy. I couldn't even see bubbles. Give it a month if you can. It was oh, he, only by he tasting. Won't, he no won't way. be able to give it a month. Give it a month. But be it, lucky it, if it'll it's, be clear in a month. If it's here yeah. next week, you think so? Yeah. But also, you know, part of the process, like you're saying, you didn't put whirl flock in there. You know, getting yeah. a proper boil, yeah. uh, whirl flock, you know, uh, good yeast health so it, uh, so it ferments and then flocculates properly instead of being dusty. Right. Um, all those things uh, have a big effect on how clear the final beer is. Yeah. And you can have something, you know, brilliantly clear where you can read through it, um, you know, right at the end of fermentation. So right. it's, you know... There's there's a lot that can be done other than than filtering and I, you know, if somebody enjoys filtering and they they and it makes their beer better, then that's great. That's what they should do. But as far as you know, the general home brewer, yeah, um, you know, I don't know that it's worth it. I I would say you know use the money to buy more ingredients or uh, you know brew more batches. Buy brewing network shirts result. or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Donate, <laughs> donate to the BN. I have a question for Jamil and Doc. Do you, do you think uh, filtration will actually uh, reduce the amount of long-term aging for your beers? I mean, if you did not filter, do you think your beers would last longer at colder temps? Or I think it's a double-edged sword because you can you can oxidize your beer, which is going to make it not last as long. Through filtration. Right. And on the same token, if you take out the yeast, you're going to get less autolysis on it, too. Right. Mm. So it can go either way. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> hey, sorry we're not so words. fun for you anymore. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> it's up to you to keep this moving along. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's, it's that's pretty pretty much the, the case. I think uh, you know for the average home brewer, again, uh, you know most people don't don't keep their beer around that long anyway. So uh, you know if you're if you're drinking all your beer in a in a month. You know, don't even worry about it. Just, just drink it. That's fine. Cool. <laughs> You're good. You know, he was talking to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't just say, "Hey, well, Justin, don't worry if you're about drinking it." Drinking it all in a week. <laughs> That's a week, and not a month. Adjust <laughs> it down for Justin. <laughs> I got your empty keg for you, by the way, Jamil. Had oh, it, cool. Had it two days after you left. <laughs> <laughs> mm, it was good. Mm. All right. Hey, you looking forward to your show in January, Jamil? Oh yeah. 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 It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's gonna be a good time. Saw you and John uh, duking it out. In the man, did you take some stabs, Jamil, too, in the forum there? <laughs> Jamil did really. Oh, I didn't you, see that. Yeah, you did because you posted like right after. You just didn't really respond. But he said something like, um, "You know, there's John's way, and then there's the right way." Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, and there was the comment about. I may have said that privately. But <laughs> well, there's, there's the comment about Charlie pitching warm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Someone says, uh, oh, I saw that. Uh, Charlie P is on old Johnny's side with the pitch and warm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. This is trouble. Well, hey, Jamil, yeah, I've, I've Jamil I'm Gordon on my side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think I'll go that route. Jamil, you got Dr. Scott on your side, too, because I go. pitch cold. I don't, I'm not here to disturb any shit, but. Yeah, you are. I, well, okay, you're right, I am. <laughs> JP posted, uh, in the forum, and I can't remember what the topic was, something about John being in, living in a little place he likes to call Wrongtopia. Yeah, I saw that too, <laughs> man. Everyone had it out for John. 
Oh, it's so darn busy. I haven't been uh, had a yeah. chance to read it. So. I'm, just, I'm just a silent rogue. <laughs> <laughs> that one was funny. I don't remember what uh, John had said, but but I, Petros came right back and 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 did say that. He said, "Yeah, uh, John's a good guy. Uh, he likes to live in a little land called Wrongtopia." Wrongtopia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, we're friends like that, I guess. <laughs> 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 Asshole. Oh, <man. laughs> there you go, John. Let it yeah, out. I'll let it out. You know, <laughs> fucker. Don't gild the lily. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Get the kids out of the room. We're going to have a little therapy session with John right now. <laughs> the anger's coming out. The alcohol's in my blood. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to the show, Jamil. Great. You, did you, did, were you here at the beginning of the show? Uh, no. And, and then we had like a power outage. I missed like an hour. Oh, that's all right. I made fun that's of you. It's called karma, Jamil. It's made fun of you for <laughs> ignoring my email. I sent you an email saying I'd get back to you soon. I had some time. You, ig- I know you responded to the beer part, but you ignored the uh, "I need help with my computer" yeah. part. Yeah, well. <laughs> I hope you were brewing when the pump went out. <laughs> no, when, it, when his chiller went out. No love, right there. John's just too desperate to win. Uh, yeah. Too desperate to knock off the big dog. Yeah. That's right. You wait. Man, he is. He's just pecking at your heels. Buddy. And I still give him all this good advice. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm still waiting for some good advice. It's funny. <laughs> oh. No, John's... Uh, I'm gonna Play nice, guys, now. Play <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's funny because it's like the old case of, of the student um, deciding that he's going to challenge the mentor. Yeah. You know, because, Jamil, I know this history a little bit. Jamil's definitely been uh, a mentor to John in the, yeah. in the brewing. He's industry. the only reason why I started to compete. And uh but now he's like, yeah, I, he's like Danielson coming up on Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. What are you talking about? He was begging me to taste his really bad beer. <laughs> I had to taste yours first. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh the gloves are off. Ugly. <laughs> what a good show that's going to be, yeah. guys. Oh, John. <laughs> Lock the studio doors. <laughs> yeah. I know we're gonna put up a uh, a chain link fence around the desk when you guys are in here, and it's gonna be steel cage all the way through, Jamil. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> you know I could kick John. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good yeah. thing you're not in here. Up with a telephone, maybe. I think I have about a hundred pounds on you. Yeah, that's true. About it's called that. too much beer, Jamil. What? Jamil is in such good shape. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. No, he's in a good shape. Like I got a bigger belly than you. You do. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait, man. Good show. It'll be a good show. The Jamil show coming um, we'll pick coming in January. It's going to be Mondays at uh, 10 a.m., so you guys are going to want to tune in for that. And I will let you know, I am pitching cold tomorrow. Yeah? Is that I right? Will, I will concede. No, John, you should you should pitch warm. Uh, Eighty degrees. <laughs> You've been listening, young Skywalker. I will be pitching at forty eight tomorrow. Why are you doing uh, that? Experimental uh, Well Jamil and I talk about beer sometimes and yeah. and I'm I wanna try both you know, both theories. Okay. I pitched my Munich Hellas at sixty eight and now I'm gonna pitch at forty eight. So same beer? Similar recipe, but you know, same yeast and similar grain bill and just see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Just to know. If, you you if, won't sabotage this one, will you? Yeah. If Jamil, would, if I'm wrong, I don't care. But either way, I have more beer. So, so that was that's what I was going to ask. If Jamil turns out to be right, will you announce it on the air? I will. Yeah. And if I'm right, will you announce it, Jamil? Ooh. 
<laughs> I, I think it's already clear that uh, that you're wrong. You're living in wrongtopia, John. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I love this. This is good stuff. Uh, all right, let's wrap things all up. Right. Thanks for calling in, Jamil. Cheers, Jamil. Right, we'll thanks. see you, buddy. Bye. Okay. It's called brotherly love. <laughs> That's going to be a good show. That's going to be a great show. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy that. Thing is, uh, like, I don't even really want a microphone for that show. I'm going to be in here just kind of running the board and doing some production for them. Uh, but if they get all nice to each other, I, I think I'm gonna <laughs> want to try to fuel the fire a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Throw I mean, some beer on them. Yeah. It's kind of like having Crazy Jack in here acting all normal. I, yes. I, I don't like it. I want them to get crazy. You know. <laughs> I don't know what I do. No get crazy. I want to see you on Christmas Day, Crazy Jack. I bet you're a happy guy. He's busy. You got your kids coming around and stuff? Yep. Yeah? Yeah. Play Santa for them? I don't have to play Santa for them. They're old as you are. Pull that right up there. <laughs> you want me to get way down deep? Yeah, there you go, buddy. Ooh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How many kids you got? Three. Are they crazy, too? Uh, my son is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Other two, no. My youngest daughter, she's crazy different kind of craziness okay yeah she's 16 Uh oh yeah oh Mm. and by the way if you ever want to find out what your wife wants ask your daughters oh of course (laughs) i don't have any so i don't uh not yet how long you been married uh 29 years is that right wow yeah strong woman you got there oh yeah mrs claus as everybody (laughs) keeps telling me right yeah yeah I'm glad you came in the studio, Crazy Jack. I was a little nervous, but uh, you're a good guy. <laughs> Wait till the radio show's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when it gets ugly. We're having a little Christmas party uh, after the show here, too. A little Brewing Network, uh, thanks for all the work kind of thing. So glad you guys all came in the nice. studio. Yeah. Daniela uh, made a nice spread for you. Um, uh, Crazy Jack brought some from some sweets that he made at home, some caramels that he made. Says it takes him longer to make the candy than it does to make beer. How long take you to make those caramels? Let's see. It's been two weeks just on doing everything from the um, the caramel took six hours yeah. just to stir it up. Okay. And then uh, we've been dipping them for the last two weeks. Wow, that's a lot of work, right there. Oh yes, they're good though. Been dipping into them. They're excellent. Yeah, yeah. really. I always are into them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else do you do besides hang out and make candy? Crazy Jack. Talk funny voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fly kites. Um, oh, that's I, right. I heard about that. You're like yeah. a professional kite flyer. I'm not a professional kite flyer. I'm no. a professional kite teacher. What does that mean? I teach people how to fly precision stunt kites. Is that at, right? At uh, the Berkeley Stunt Kite Festival every July. So you do, they do all the flippy-doos and all that kind the of stuff? The kite that I teach is called a revolution. It's four strings, and you can actually stop it in midair. Really? You can land it on a person's finger. How, how did you get into all that? Um, well, back in my many years ago of looking things, I saw a kite that could actually stop yeah. anywhere in what we call the flying envelope, uh-huh. and I had to have one. Okay. So I started getting into more and more kites, and yeah. boom, 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 then I met the people that made the kite, Yeah. and like coming over here, everybody just loves me, gotcha. so yeah. they've asked me to teach for them. Okay. Yeah. And the rest is history. That. Am I puppeteering? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> do you put on puppet shows? Yes, I do. For who? 
uh, for churches. Okay. All over the place. And, uh, also we've actually done a complete service at a church one time. No kidding. A no puppet kidding. service. I think we should yep. have you do a puppet show here on the radio. Yeah. Like, can you make, do you make the puppets too? Uh, we have one people of our puppet group does. She makes puppets. In fact, she teaches people how to make puppets. I'm thinking that a, a video that should be on the Brewing Network is a brewcaster puppet show, right? Oh, yeah. Like one of each of us. Like I'm picturing Doc's puppet already being the most popular right now. <laughs> and it's probably going to be green. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you're going to have to practice your slurring. Uh, well, that's easy for me to do. <laughs> hey. And then we'll film that show and put it up on the VN website. I think that would be a funny thing to do. Mm-hmm. Daniela was in Berkeley once and saw somebody That's flying Berserkly. in Berserkly. <laughs> and uh, they had actually strapped a hamster to their kite and were flying yeah. the thing around. And they were giving it instructions like, okay, Mr. Whistler. That was the, that was the hamster. Oh, oh, okay. We're going to want you to turn left now. Turn left. And, and it, like for 20 minutes, they shout out instructions to Mr. Whistler, which is apparently this hamster tied to a kite. And they showed everybody how they tied the little hamster on that kite. You know, there was a whole thing. All everything. I, I witnessed everything. They gathered around going, what the hell did you On the campus thing? in the University of Berkeley. They had apparently been training this hamster and for they, weeks. And they told everybody, well, it's a science project, and we've been working on yeah. aerodynamics and stuff, so we need this little hamster to test it out for us, right? Yeah. So at the end... Like after half an hour goes by, they're they're guiding this thing around, telling them what to do. They're like, "Okay, Mister Whistler, the time has come. We think that you're ready. We're going to cut the string. You'll be fine. You're well trained." And and everyone's like, "Oh my God! They're just gonna let this sucker go!" And they did. They cut the they string. They cut the string. Mister Whistler, never to be seen again. Never to be seen. <laughs> Poor little hand. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, but also funny. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> and just think, in Berkeley, it's a bunch of hippies and freaks, and and you know that the animal rights activists were were just out in numbers about poor it, Mr. Whistler. It, it won't happen Peter again. Over that one. <laughs> yeah. Never happen again around yeah. there. Yeah, they're crazy. I thought it was funny though. I'd have done the same thing. <laughs> Tie a little hamster. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> have a nice flight. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for Let's coming cut. in, Jack. Appreciate it. Time Thank to cut our guys. strings. Yeah, we're gonna get out of here. Cut our um, strings. It's our last show of the year, folks, so uh, make your goodbyes nice. Happy holidays. Yeah. Thanks to everybody. Uh, you've you've been great to us. What is it? Six months. Six months of shows. Ooh. 29 a, weeks. A great start, I think. Yeah. Um, I want to say uh, personally thank you to, to Beer Pal, to Matt, for helping us out since day one. Thank you, Matt. Um, posted in all the forums for us since before yeah, we were ever yeah, even right, on the man. air. Has fought many a battle for the Brewing Network. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's, has turned he's, into Beer Pal. Limping now. Yeah. So my thanks goes out and my apologies to your family for the time that we've taken you away from them because uh, it's not a short thing to post in, in you know however many forums. I don't even know how many you post in. I'm imagining around 50 or 100. That's a lot. Closer to 100. 100? Yeah, that's a lot. of Sleep? He doesn't sleep. Yeah, he doesn't need sleep. It's overrated. Yeah. Uh, I don't realize that there's that many beer-related forums yeah. and uh, mailing lists out there. Beer Pal is saying that uh, a lot of people don't realize how many beer-related forums and mailing lists and stuff there are out there. There's a yeah, there's a lot. So uh, we appreciate that. I don't know that we would have the listenership we do without you doing that for us. So thanks a lot, buddy. Really appreciate it. Uh, Doc, you too. Uh, you don't get anything for hanging out in here and. We asked you to come on for one show and <laughs> on the guest that wouldn't leave. <laughs> been able to get rid of you. He's still married. And uh yes. don't know what we do without you. Thanks a lot. I, 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 my pleasure being here. All right. I look forward to it every week. The new year is going to be good, man. Uh cool. we're John, through January and a little bit of February, no, maybe. Yeah, no, you got a lot of yeah. 
I'm shaking my head as in good, not shaking my head. Well, at I was like, yeah. like, do you want me to shut up? No, no, not at all. I'm sorry. I'm shaking in goodness. Yeah, John's got should us booked all the way through I... January, which is awesome. Yeah. Who, who we got lined up? Uh, we got Beach Chalet. Uh, we got Vinny back from Russian River. Ah, uh, there we go. We have Chris White from Mite Labs. Okay, nice. And uh, working on Firestone again. And then we have I got st- asked about that today if Matt would be back on the show. Yeah, we're working on it. He's, he's totally cool. He's um, and we have Stone coming in February. Stone Brewing in San Diego. Cool. So we got a good lineup already. And uh, John, I I know he's got a lot of emails and phone calls out to keep filling it up. So uh, and working on Brooklyn Brewing Company. Yeah. Um, and also I got a message out to Dogfish. So awesome. So we're getting uh, we're branching out to the East Coast too. And uh, I also had gotten some requests to get some of the Australian uh, brew companies uh, or or even uh, homebrew. Uh, companies out there on the phone and we're going to be doing that too yeah so that stuff's coming in the new year the new website the jameel show lots of new beer shows going on the beer and stuff variety show on fridays the wine show uh olin actually i talked to him last night he's willing to do that no kidding yeah once in a while maybe 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 we can drag shay in here we'll get shay in here who's a wine guru he could talk like no other he's a wine guru man all right yeah these guys are they're smart. Get our own little wine Wednesday yeah. going. We don't need those guys no. telling me no. Yeah. You got them. Nobody wine, should wine, tell you no. That's right. Yeah, they'll be sorry. Yeah. That's what I sent. I always sent messages back to them. I said, you'll be sorry. Well, you start up emails. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. That was all nice. Okay, thanks anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah. And thank you, Daniela. Yeah, Daniela. Uh, the chat room, as you guys know, is a busy, busy place. And... uh even uh, it, it, it's not so busy on the Sunday morning blue shows, and it's kind of hard for me to keep up running music and going back. I can't imagine having the forty or so people that Daniela has firing questions at her and insults, and oh, of course no, they don't all, insult me. No, no, they <laughs> insult her for me. But uh, you still got to read them all and make sure I get them. But, but you do uh, a nice job of filtering the insults. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the show wouldn't be the show. If I told you, you everything what they say about you, Doctor Scott, you oh. would be crying like a baby oh, every bet. single like week. Little, like Although girl. tonight they said they were kind of surprised and really impressed by your clear speech. I know, me um, too. I was really trying tonight. You yeah. were good, doing a good job. Yeah, thank you. I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing. Doc was on the ball yeah. all night. Hey, he says my show. I better like make a good show. Yeah. Very he good, Doctor Scott. <laughs> but thank you, Daniela. We couldn't. Uh, we wouldn't be the same without you either. How about that? Whatever you have to say is fine with me. And you get a pearl <laughs> necklace from all of us. <laughs> Did you have something else to say? From all of us, even. That's <laughs> smokes. <laughs> I think that's like a white squall. I don't think that's a pearl necklace anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Did what you have I'm, anything else to say? No, just Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whoever celebrates Christmas. That's What's great. R- how come you don't say Happy Hanukkah? What's happy wrong? Hanukkah, yeah. I can say Happy Hanukkah. I thought maybe you didn't There you go. To, uh, uh, Feliz Navidad, Merry Christmas, Bon... Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa? Happy yeah. Kwanzaa. What is that? I don't know. We'll explain, we'll explain, <laughs> we'll explain later. Yeah. I never really knew. I think it's it's definitely a holiday, though. It's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Thing. Thank you to all of our listeners. It's been a great six months. I've had a lot of fun, and I, li- I love the audience. I love the chat room. And I think it's been great. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to Dr. Scott and to John, of course, and to everybody who comes in here every week. It's just awesome. And Beer Paul. <laughs> And you get out of here. And I'm happy that I am finally got rid of you now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it'll be a fresh new start in the new year. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to bring your boyfriends in the studio. I will. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're out of here. Stay tuned to the website. I will keep you posted. Uh, 
Here's what's going to happen over the next three weeks, though, while we're off the air. Um, things are going to be very strange. Sometimes there'll be audio up. Sometimes there'll be nothing. Sometimes there'll be a website there. Sometimes there won't. Uh, if you want to get a glimpse of stuff that's coming, I would say tune in at random because I might have Jamil and John do a, a, a test run of their show and probably broadcast that and not announce it to anybody. Uh, same maybe with me and JP when we do the Friday show. Uh, you might get all sorts of weird stuff, so check back frequently. Uh, don't expect us to respond or anything, but you might hear some just funny stuff going on. That would be good. <laughs> so, yeah, if uh, you ever see anything down over the next couple of weeks, don't worry about it. It's just that we're we're testing it and, and getting it back up in full force for the new year. So congratulations, Brewcasters, and everyone who's helped us out. It's been a good six months, and uh, we'll see you in 2006, right? Are you playing the homebrew song? I'm not. I'm going to uh, play something else that was also sent in okay. by a listener, and then I'll do the homebrew song right after that because cool. we can't do our, our last show of the year without it. Could right. be. Uh I'm going to play Sex and Beer instead. This was sent to me by a listener, and it's a good tune. All right. We'll see you next year. Thanks, everybody. It's the Brewing Network, and thanks for hanging out with us. St. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, said it came to me upon a midnight clear. I finished writing all of my Gospels. Now all I seem to want is sex and bears. Mark Antony looked down on Caesar's body. He said, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I did not come here to praise Caesar. I came here for sex and bears. Sex and bears. Sex and beer are the two things we hold dear. Sex and beer, sex and beer are the things we like round here. George Washington, he never crossed the Delaware. There was no midnight ride for Paul Revere. Ben Franklin never discovered electricity. They were too busy looking for Sex and beer Sex and beer Are the two things we hold dear Sex and beer Sex and beer Are the things we like round here Charles Dickens gave us great expectations Shakespeare gave us Hamlet and King Lear Dostoevsky gave us crime and punishment. Who the hell is going to give us sex and beer? Sex and beer are the two things we hold dear. Sex and beer, sex and beer are the things we like round here. Sing it so I can dance. Sex and city to the suburbs to the country, from the southern to the northern hemisphere, they're holding a tremendous referendum, and everybody's choosing sex and beer, sex and beer.
stuffed out. Yeah, you know what not I'm talking about. But don't you give me that American crew, boys. I want a real home crew. Home crew, don't you really love that home crew? Can't get enough of it. Home crew, it blows my mind. 